Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 155 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through a tabletop RPG to introduce it to you, and oftentimes to ourselves as well. In segment two, we provide higher level overviews and fundamentals and even the occasional how-to of systems, settings, and game mechanics. I am John Max Liaoshlo, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me, as usual, back from his tentacle removal surgery, you know, impersonating Cthulhu, is Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. How you today, sir? I'm all right. Uh, yeah, the, the tentacle removal was good. Everything was great. You know, I put no, more on. importantly, how was it actually filling in while he was on vacation? What? Uh, well, Cthulhu was on vacation. You were filling oh. in for him. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he, he pretty much has this thing nailed down, right? I mean, you just have to be on, be on your throne, give a couple of orders, and it just gets done. So did you eat anybody? Hard. No, no, I didn't have to. I didn't have to. I had I had a guy for that. I mean, Cthulhu set me up. I mean, I was a figurehead, basically. But, you know, I got all the perks. You know, all the all the uh, girls who love hentai, they were they were all <laughs> over me. You know, that's that's the way it is. Right. I mean. Eh, what are you going to do? All right. So other than that, <laughs> how was your week? I'm doing well. I'm doing crafty's not doing well. Oh, yeah. He, he sent me the tweet. I saw it. Yeah. I, I I was confused because I didn't make the leap that Crafty did. At the same time, I understand why he made that leap because there was nothing else the person could have been talking about. <laughs> like, what? Well, well, uh, I mean, I guess I could show, but uh, he made a comment, and then person the person came back and said, "This is if this isn't a dog whistle for somebody being a fascist, blah blah blah." And I'm looking at like, what part? What? And then really comes down to. Because he's a family man over here. I don't know. Twitter's weird, man. I'm sorry, X. It's not Twitter anymore. Whatever. Nice, nice try, guy. It's 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 gonna be just like Prince. He's just gonna go back. Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna go back. Try out this little thing, and then uh, that didn't work out. People are just confused. I'll move back. That's what's gonna happen. So I, I'm I'm gonna talk about something. Since I see Mercurius in chat, Mercurius, Mercurius, we tried so hard to give you. <laughs> I know I feel bad, and I was talking about it with uh, Mr. Max Wivon after the Friday Night Chill stream. So you know we do a giveaway if we make a hundred dollars on on Friday oh, the the rando stream, right? Yep. So I run the little computer game, and Mercurius won, and I know he was watching. So I'm like, dude, he won. And I'm like delaying the stream, like we know we got to go, but I'm like, yeah, let's just hang out here for another minute and so forth because I'm trying to give him his goods, and I, I, he didn't. And speak up i hope you didn't fall asleep or something i hope it was an emergency i hope it was worth it because i can't give it away after the fact but uh but uh you just i mean i guess the saving grace of that is you did kill it well you did kill somebody to win so you are you are a murderer you did win the hunger games but you don't get all the oh he fell asleep prizes. Yeah, yeah it's, it, and, right. I, and I have to play hardball on that. Otherwise, what will happen is somebody will say after that, well, you know, I was there. Hey, it's it's I won three weeks ago. I forgot that. It, no, I can't, I can't do that. that. That's the only reason I don't want to be a dick to anybody, like especially people. You can see he's got a green name. So he's uh, he is a member. So he pays us every month. But I have to I have to do that because and, you know, you've been around heathen dog to see some of these people. Yeah. Come back, you know, out of the woodwork weeks later. Or or can't prove it's them. Writing. Like, huh? We have two people saying that they're this one person. Hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. 
That, that's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you don't have hard feelings. I, I did. I was like, dang it. I was talking to Mr. Max after the stream. Like, dude, I, I, I want to give this stuff away. Like, like, they earned it. Like, you guys have donated money. But that's cool. I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. Oh, specifically mentions your bio. Okay, maybe I missed that part. Um, so it's good to see everybody. Rolling Freeze here. It's a new name I don't think I've seen before. Flady, good to see you, Flady. Flady's looking forward to the Call of Cthulhu stuff, so I'm gonna do, okay. I'm gonna be as long as I can be. In oh, damn it! <laughs> All right, well then, I'll, I'll give you a little preview what to expect. You know, manage your expectations. I am not going to go through character generation. There are so many different versions and so many different time frames you could be in. That's a lost cause. It'll it will not be specific enough for anybody. So what I'm doing is general kind of character and i i i pretty much got them down to three different categories the jock the problem solver and the scholar you need these three things in your group to win well as far as winning can be done in call of cthulhu you, you need the jock and you don't have to be a college athlete professional athlete you know but you know a beat cop also also a jock you're basically a fighter and the problem solver is a detective, private investigator, you know, stuff like that. He finds the clues, follows the clues. And then the scholar, he's the guy who is going to find out how to stop the big bat. You know, whatever the cult or the demon or the or the whatever is doing, how to stop it. It's his job to figure out how to do it. So the nerd, the private eye and the brute. Yeah. So or the bully, the bully. There we go, because that fits with oh, the nerd there better. You go, the bully. Yeah, you can do bully if you want. But the bully, uh, the, the nerd, and and the one who keeps them apart. <laughs> so half the cabin in the woods crew. Yes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For for me today, I think uh, the first part isn't going to be that long. There isn't really a lot to say. The second part, on the other hand, that one, uh, we'll see. We'll see because. Uh, the way the book laid out the starship section to me after the third read made more sense. But, <laughs> oh, uh, not good. but the first time I skimmed it, I was like, this seems to be all jumbled up. The second time it's like, well, it's not really jumbled up, but I feel that it should have been one, three, two in like the order they put the stuff in, you know, instead of the, the order they did, they did one, two, three, but I'm going to go with it in order. Cause ultimately it does make sense that way. But, uh, yeah, so, all right. Um, yeah, anything else? Uh, you said your kid went back to school, so he got all the germs? Yeah, yeah. He went back to school, and it's the end of his second week, and, well, there it is. He got a cold, and he gave it to me. That's awesome. Woo That's great. I don't like it. <laughs> but I get to do cool stuff like this now without even trying. <laughs> so, that's something. Mm. Debating if that's cool or not. Yeah, well, it, when you're sick, you try to look for the bright side. You know that is fair. Silver linings and everything, right? Exactly. Hey, um, you know what's going on next week, right? Next week is the 17th, and we have a possibly. Uh, wait, have you verified this announcement? Is it let, actually let me, been locked in? Let me check in? and see if I have an email yet to, today. So I didn't actually look yesterday for email. Um, no updated emails from Kevin or Sean, so that means we're still on track. Uh, oh, apparently I paid you. Sweet. <laughs> See it right there. Um, so uh, you should you should have some money. So you better be in your best behavior now. <laughs> but uh, but nothing 
nothing from uh, Kevin and Sean. So yeah, it looks like that that's a good sign. You know, uh, getting getting an update from them would mean that they're changing the date. So next week, Kevin Sambita, Sean Owen Robertson are going to be back from Palladium Books with a surprise special announcement. Everybody keeps trying to tell me what they think it is, and it might be right, but I don't know because they won't tell me. <laughs> I, I, it's a special announcement that uh, I shouldn't say this out loud because it might spoil something, but. Uh, the announcement may actually come out the day prior, but not from us. Okay. No. But we'll have That's them sad. the next day to talk all about it. <laughs> Puts the lotion on the skin. I don't know how to say it. I, I haven't I haven't seen it in so long. It's like uh, I remember the the put the lotion in the basket as a freak out. But I I wish I could. I'd have to look it up to mimic it. It's been so long since I saw the movie. A <laughs> real functioning CS armor. That'd be something. That'd be something. Real mega damage. That'd be awesome. Of course, uh, it would send the world into a goddamn tizzy, but other than that. Yeah, so right. Coalition doesn't have real armor? I'm no, confused. no. He's releasing a functional version of Coalition Dead Boy armor, which means, you know. So Dead Boy armor sucks? Well, in base dead boy armor in rifts is kind of bad i mean it's it's not it's not as bad as plastic man or anything like that but it's but he's talking about in the real world if you had shitty dead boy armor in the real world it would be the greatest thing since sliced bread it would be just absolutely fantastic you you could you could take a, a mortar shell to the face and get up and say i'm okay everything's fine it's great so it would send the world into chaos that reminds me of a question i want to ask kevin so I'm going to write that down. So go ahead and entertain folks. And then uh, I'll I, I, I write this down while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> going to jokerify it. There you go. Hello, real long shot. Good afternoon to you as well. Rex Teal. Hello. Roland Free says he finds the Call of Cthulhu core rulebook super frustrating to read through. When I made a character, I should see when I need to... When I need right there instead of flipping through chapters. And that's why I one of my favorite editions is the fifth edition, because all of the character creation, skill selection, bio, all that stuff is right in the beginning, marked, uh, marked beautifully, all in order, even has a flow chart for you. It's freaking, it's freaking amazing. Everything else in that book as a player, you don't need to know. It tells you how to do combat. It, it tells you how to do uh, statistic roles. It tells you how to how, how many and how to pick your skills and what they do. All your attributes. It's all in the first, you know, like 20 pages. And that's all you got to read. It's freaking great. Oh, yeah. Barony. Yeah. I, I don't know if you if you saw our thing last night, a little bit of it. If you I, I did. I did not. I was working on a couple of things. That's fine. That's fine. I do uh, want to watch it because people are acting like that's a fun thing to watch. It well, it, it's uh <laughs> I think it was uh TCG Joe said, is this what it's like watching other people role play? Ooh. Like like TTRPG role play watch yeah. and I'm like, yeah, probably. Yeah, but but uh that doesn't sound good know, at all. <laughs> had some freak outs, some dumb stuff happened. We yelled at Mar Hawkman for not eating food. I actually stopped everyone and we eat the fucking food. Just eat it. <laughs> oh, in game? In the game. Okay. <laughs> so Sharis actually gave me a copy of that game. I loaded it up one time, didn't play it, and I never went back to it. So I Well, if you're playing it alone, it's super hard. It's super okay. hard. Uh, think of it like a 
kind of like a kind of advanced version of gauntlet where okay. if you have a team wipe you start over gotcha you, you either start off at the last save point which is in between levels or you just start over if if you if you die before you get the first save point you you get nothing you start over with nothing starting gear level one all so over it's almost again. like when we played that goblin game or were you part of that goblin game yes i was okay yeah uh looter kings looter kings here we go yes Yes, and uh, the highest level we got to was nine before we got reset. So dungeon level nine. And How do you, can you, there's no save, like it's a pure roguelike, so no saving? Uh, you, you can save only in the room where you initially enter a level. Okay. You, you can save there. But anything you get up from that point until you die, you lose if you restart. So, so, but uh, roguelikes usually have an advancement, like dying is just part of the game, so you have an advancement that comes with that in the metagame side of it. Does that happen also? I understand. Uh, Sheris said that he believes that the when, if you start off, if you, if you restart with the same character, like start level one with the same character, don't, don't change if you're a warrior, stay a warrior. He, he believes that, uh, that your, your base skills mm -hmm. get a bump. Every time you die and and restart, well, he I, believes I, that. I, I, I didn't care what I didn't his beliefs are. I didn't check. I didn't, Google I didn't will check. tell you. What's that? Google will tell you. Google will. I didn't check Google. I didn't check Google. I was I was I was too busy in the game. It was it was it was fun last night. It was it was pretty fun. So that's it. good. Well, I'm glad you're having fun with the game. I'll I'll try to go back and take a look at that when I'm maybe editing the videos or something. And because yeah I, I saw a couple comments on discord uh, as well making it sound like you guys are having fun so uh curious uh gives a super chat for two dollars i don't have the super chats up if you can put that on the screen uh sorry for causing trouble last stream well first of all thank you for the two australian dollars uh but you didn't you didn't cause trouble i just i was feeling bad let's just put it that way i was feeling bad because i do have an emotion and <laughs> uh like it's not guilt well I felt a little guilty because, well, it's not, I'm not guilty over the rules that, that are incorporated and why, but I really wanted to get him his due. But uh, so you didn't, you didn't cause any trouble. As long as you're not angry, I'm not angry. And if you were angry, well, I would explain to you why we have the rule the way it is. So either way, it's kind of six and one, half and dozen the other. But we do appreciate you being a member. And I certainly appreciate the super chat as well, especially from down under. Sese? says weird lom is not showing us live on youtube for him oh well i got live up let's see well then i'd have to use my other browser and then rex Steele says uh how's first edition call of cthulhu i don't know i've never played it i've played second fourth fifth and sixth i like fifth the best out of the ones i played i have d20 i've read it i've never played it because i read it <laughs> it's not good it was a horrible mistake but uh, I'm oh, in uh, in today's thing. I'm not going through uh, specific actions in character generation. Just overhead stuff. So it should be, you know, on par with any edition you want to play. Maybe outside D twenty because it handles stuff differently than than the than the Chaosium system. So I I don't know how that's going to be, but um, it it should be all right. So I don't know if you got unsubbed or if we're being shadow banned or whatever, but there's Legion of Myth right there. So we're 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 live. We can do it. And apparently James was streaming until two minutes ago. 
damn James trying to step on us. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't remember if I talked. Oh, yeah, I, t- I talked about Kevin and Sean. The only other thing mm-hmm. of note uh, for folks is as we get uh, closer, and uh, I'll be thanking all of our subscribers here for just a moment. We're at uh, 4,641. We had a nice bump in subscribers the last uh, 28 days. Thank you to a controversy. I also started playing around with the algorithm a little more, and uh, uh, I was working on some shorts that only a couple of them went up. In fact, I need you, Heathen Dog. <laughs> Did you see the thing that I posted about the, I didn't the, palladium? See the thing that you posted? I, I saw the sh- I saw some of the shorts in the in the thing in the. No. So on our Discord under Palladium something. Which Palladium is it? Under Palladium Books Riffs. Oh, is it gone now? I'll have to look at. It. Well, I had a thread there. May- Do my threads get deleted? Oh, that'd suck. Okay, well I'll have to check. Uh, see what happened to that thread because if my thread got deleted i'm gonna be angry because walter mc put some work into that anyway it's it uh had for lack of a better term you saw those shorts it's the same thing but it's all about riffs i i improved them to some degree the thing is is because i cheated and i used chat gpt yeah i'm being open about that uh to create them chat gpt isn't always right about what's in a book and so i mean it one of them it said was uh basically check out the burster and it was talking about uh a new occ in new west i'm like wait a minute, what no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, no 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 even i know that one so uh <laughs> I, I wanted some fact checking on those things and walter mc did a really great job of fact checking this stuff and if that thread's gone i might have to make a forum that, in that case but i'd like you to look them over as well i'll send you the link and uh I, so the one, I don't want to say it's a mistake because I get why he did it. The one thing I want to caution is I don't care if it's, if your opinion differs or if it's by the numbers, not exactly like Rick. One of them was a comment where it said something effective like mystic or Leyline Walker, two powerhouses of the Rifts Megavert, you know, and he's like, uh, the mystic kind of sucks. I'm like, yeah, but that, that isn't the point. That isn't the point of the point is advertising and getting people to think about these things is absolutely clickbait. I'm leaving that one in. That's not, I don't care if you like them or not. Uh, What I care about is, is the mystic a thing? And is it in this book? And does it do what it says it does? Like mystics can summon uh, uh, rain cats and dogs from one of its spells. Like there's no spell in the game that rains cats and dogs. No, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's that type of fact checking. I don't care if it's like New West is the greatest book ever because we'd both disagree Oof. with that. But yeah. hey, you know what? It's a the point is it's it's a selling point. Does that make sense? Yes. There we go. Perfect. All right. Well, now that we've done our behind the scenes talk on the stream, let's uh, let's get ready to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, let me get uh, my stuff up there. All right. Let's do this right here. Let's thank everybody. Like I said, I was going to do so. I want to thank all you wonderful people who support us monetarily. I already got a couple of super chats today. Thank you very much. Uh, our membership is funny. So we gained, by the way, we gained 10 members and lost nine. Hey, that's a net positive. I'm going with it. Uh, I think it's because of the gifts that uh, Crafting Gamer was uh, was handing out. And those expired is my guess. Ah, but, yes, that could be it. But that's the day. That, that's cool. Again, we have a net gain. So, so I'm, I'm happy. But uh, your gracious donations help us provide giveaways. Next week or next Friday will be $75. $75 gift card. By the way, Palladium Books has a $75 gift card, so I don't even have to finagle that one in some way. A 15 or 25 or something. No, no pre- massaging the numbers on that one. No, no massaging the numbers. Uh, Palladium, uh, Palladium, wow. Producing more content and generally giving back to Legion Myth community as a whole. 
Part of that is uh, when we hit 5,000 subscribers. How close are you? Well, we have, I just brought it up, 4,641 subscribers. So thank you very much for that. When we hit 5,000, I have a, here, have some of Max's crap giveaway. That's what I'm calling it. Here, have some of Max's crap giveaway. So uh, where I'm going to be giving away uh, some of the stuff of the books that were behind me, they're not anymore, uh, that I have literally zero interest in. I don't want to play them. I don't want to reference them. There's nothing about those games or source books or whatever. That has redeeming value. Yeah, they're just collecting dust. That's all they're doing. And, you know, if you want them and it can help you out, great. Um, One of the caveats is I have a couple people who sent me messages like, hey, will you sell this stuff to me? Well, I know that would make sense. That kind of ruins the fun of it. So no, it's going to be a giveaway. Um, I appreciate people's interest like that. And, you know, maybe, maybe we can. No, I was going to say, maybe we can make it uh, uh, easier for you to win. No, I can't cheat. Uh, but yeah, I want I want to do this a giveaway so that, uh, you know, it's exciting for everybody. But yeah, so we have 4,641. We are 339 subscribers away from 5,000 and being able to apply to get uh, sponsorships <laughs> where, where heathen dog can start talking about manscape or whatever and that, shadow legends and and uh and, and some those, sort, and those waterproof shoes i forget the name of but hey i'll remember the name if you pay me <laughs> there you go so and you can check the description below for the links to various legion myth sites social media discord merch etc the, the one caveat and this is for the channel i don't care what heathen dog thinks is for the channel Anything that we sponsor has to be something we use. I didn't say you had right, to like well, it. I'll have to wear the shoes then. That's fine. You'll have to wear the shoes. Uh, right. Has to be I'll something. To, to manscape. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Something we use and something that. Uh, so you know that if that if we're advertising it, we have actually put our eyeballs on it. You know. Other than that, or or our genitals, depending or, on. Or it's not the random stream. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, let me get my stuff set up here. Oh man, what time is it? Oh yeah, we're twenty minutes in. That's a good time to get started on the real stuff. Slide that over there. Slide all my Coriolis over here. One. Hey, we got some a bunch of Coriolis stuff to maybe show off today. Because why not? Go there. All right, I won't be able to watch chat, so I'm going to need you to pay attention to all the awesome and horrible questions that people come up with. Understood. And why did my file explorer pop open? It's weird. All right, four. Segment one today, it's going to be a two-parter. It's uh, episode seven, or chapter seven is more the right way to say it, of Coriolis the Third Horizon. And in this first video, we are going to talk about the portals, space travel, and spaceships. Those, those three things are going to be lumped into this, this one video. The follow-up video to this is going to be space combat and the roles that characters play on spaceships. So for this first one, though, we are going to talk about spaceships and space travel. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. 
Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Chill Stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right, there we are with our wonderful Coriolis book on the screen. Uh, it's been kind of cool, interesting. You know, as per normal with these deep dives, the views are down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just that's just the way it works. This isn't a short term idea. This is something that you know lasts the test of time, so people can come back to this five years from now, and the information will still be good. But uh, I've been getting a lot of good comments. People are really liking this series so far, so I appreciate that. Now we are going to be going to. Spaceships and Star Travel on page 136, 139 for the PDF, and we're going to take a look. Theoretically, I always jinx myself when I say this stuff. This chapter should be kind of quick, at least compared to the next one. So let's see how... What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) So let's start here. Star Travel in the Third Horizon. Uh, Star Travel in Third Horizon requires both steady nerves and plenty of time. But what about the portals? We'll get to that. How long the trip will take can be affected by anything from Corsair attacks and asteroid fields to immense distances of binary and trimary, trinary star systems. No captain should leave port without doing solid research about the route. And I think that's in, we'll be talking about that later. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a given, right? I mean, you gotta know how to get to where you're going or else you shouldn't leave. Well, especially in space. Yeah. When you have this thing called darkness between the stars, you yeah. have your event well, horizon. It's like in everything in space, if you're less than one degree off, you're lost. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're just lost. You're done now. Yep. Yeah. You live there now. This is where you live in the darkness. Good job. Help is provided by the Bulletin's Astro Okay, Astrostratium, an enormous database describing a large number of routes, coordinates, and space stations all across the horizon. And we'll talk later. The, again, this chapter isn't set up in what I think is the best way possible, but uh, we'll be talking about how to utilize that with game mechanics later. Interplanetary travel times can also vary greatly depending on the orbit of the planet you are traveling to. Chapter 12 describes the minimum distances from the sun to the planet in the Kua system. Space, uh, I also have the Atlas as well. Uh, space flights are rarely longer than the shortest distance between the planetary bodies as the pilots will chart courses towards their destinations approaching orbits. Thus, the ship and the planet are moving towards each other. Calculate travel times using the shortest distance listed between two planets. Now, who, who even listened to what I just said right there? I know there was a lot. There was a lot of uh, word soup that didn't understand anything. A lot of a lot of concepts that they haven't explained yet. So I have no idea what they mean. I guess I'm guessing that uh, this game has a database of all the all the times it takes to get between this place and that place it has some kind of grid type system where you can check and <laughs> do that i mean oh, oh that, wishful no? thinking nice, right yeah wishful thinking i actually looked okay. at chapter 12 i don't want to change the page here and it took me about 10 minutes to figure out what uh oh where's chapter 12 is that chapter 12 it took me about 10 minutes to figure out yeah, oh that's there. 10 oh what uh what was going on there we go there's the kua system like what are you talking about where are these times and and so forth and so oh you look at this little box up in the corner there tells you everything you never wanted to know about the planet again sci-fi game i get it it's it's supposed to do that um oh so oh the side real year is 336 days so that's nice day length axial tilt um surface area where is the distance from the sun um 
Huh. Yeah, uh, where is this in the book? There's the Atlas chapter 13, but it said chapter 12. Um, oh, this starts talking about system distances. Oh, oh, there's there this go. chart here. Can you read that? No, not That's because a... it's too small, but yeah, it's... Well, yeah. And it, look, I don't mind charts in games. I really do not mind. I'm an old school gamer reading a chart. Has no issues, but... More charts equals less math, right? Yeah, but this is a D66 rule, so what does that have to do with anything? Wait, what? So, well, and we'll get to chapter 13 in two weeks, but uh, yeah, ultimately... The game does not break it down in nice, easy. Uh, you have to do a little figuring. Let's just put it that way. You have to do a little looking in the book and a little bit of math. You got to pull out that abacus. Yes. And an abacus would be perfect for this setting. But uh, it, it is there. Just to understand. I'm being a little facetious. And, and it's not difficult. But this is one of those games kind of like Rifts. You've got to read the book in order to run the game. Hmm. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that, although I think that a chart or a better format for the system settings would have been uh, better. Now, with all that said, travel between systems is via the portals, mysterious wormholes left behind by the portal builders. And yeah, we'll read more in chapter 13. The portals are found close to the sun of each system, closer than any of the planetary orbits. So basically you're flying into the sun in order to get that warp boost so that you can travel back in time. Some stars have more than one portal, each one leading to a different system. The entry field into a portal is not the same as the exit field, because that would be bad. <laughs> like, bam! Oh! There's a lot of bumping, yeah. <laughs> um, so they lead to and from the same destination, but are separate from each other. So travel between two portals in a system takes about one day. Okay, so now we've got a little travel time going on there. So if... Uh, Travel between two portals in a system. In a system. Takes about a day. And preparation before the jump also takes about a day. Usually spent waiting for a convoy to come across to split the jump fee. The jump itself is instantaneous. Heavily trafficked systems like Kua usually see one or two convoys per week, while convoys in outer systems could be whole segments. So I had to look up what a segment was. A segment is about 37 days. Think of it as an extended month. Sure. And it's based on... The nine uh, icons that break up the, the year, et cetera, et cetera, or the cycle. So, so calculating travel time. So look, there's another little sidebar about travel times. Shortest distance, difference between planets and individual distance from the sun. Farthest distance, the sum of the planets individual. Okay, yeah, right. Divide the distance in AU by the spaceship speed to get the travel time. That's from the planet to the star where the portals yes. are. Yes. Okay. Okay. We have, we have, a, we have a way to get the number now. That's yes. great. We have you. It, it takes a day to wait. It it takes a day to to get through to get into the portal. Instantaneous travel to another star, and now we know how long it should take between where your destination, that new system, and the starting point, which is the star. Great. Uh, all right. I do want. So I'm not going to read all of these. But because uh, these are sidebars, but uh, fees and convoys for a price, the portal stations can calculate the portal fields, movements and current size, making the jump relatively safe. The fees are usually high between 5,000 and 10,000 burr. When we look at spaceship costs, you'll see the relative costs, uh, what that means, mm-hmm. which means most skippers prefer, prefer to share the cost by forming convoys and jumping together. Portal jumps with coordinates calculated for a convoy give a plus three to the pilot's test. That's important. Yes. Plus, you and know, the, it's it's also important to 
go somewhere where other people want to go as well if you want to do it on the cheap. So what happens if you like, look, I don't have time for all this stuff. Just figure it out for me. Heat and dog, you're my pilot. Figure it out. All right. The broke skipper's last resort is to have the ship's crew itself make all the jump calculations. I'm on it. This takes about four hours and requires a successful science test. Each, no ex each extra six reduces the time by one hour to a minimum of one hour. The jump requires a pilot test at a minus one. Wow, that's a big difference from plus three to minus one. That is... Well, yep, you could jump... Jump blind. That's minus three. Don't do it. Ah, well. That, that's that, this that's is, the funnest. Yeah, this is casting raw magic. Okay. Yeah, basically, that's a, that's Leroy Jenkins, this portal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> All right. Portal jumps. Jumping through a portal means traveling into the portal fields close to the sun of the system. Exactly how the portal fields function is unknown. A lot of fluff here, and I don't mind the fluff. I think it's poorly placed. At this point, just tell me how the freaking mechanics work. And, and, and I say that because a lot of the game does like to incorporate the fluff in there, but you're getting the mechanics quicker, I guess, is the way I want to say it. This fluff could be at the beginning of the chapter, and then now just tell me how the heck to use the portals. Uh, exactly how the portal field's function is unknown, but the proximity to the stars would indicate that they're powered by the star's radiation or gravitation. The portal fields themselves are in constant movement, seemingly connected to the phases of their suns. This is why you need to have uh, all of, um, these calculations done. Mm -hmm. Advanced mathematics are necessary before any portal jump to compute the field's current size and safe entry vector. Without such calculations, there's a great risk. There is a great risk of only partially hitting the field. For the unlucky crew, this means an instant bright light, after which the ship simply disappears. Or at the very least, suffers enormous damage. By the way, there's a chart. We'll look at that chart in a moment. No human can travel through portal field while awake. Okay. You must sleep through this. The crew must be put into stasis, cryogenic sleep, or they will suffer terrible mental and physical trauma, event horizon. Oh, I mean, called bad stasis, hypersickness, or frostbite. If they're unlucky enough to survive... On voyages through several systems, most of the crew is left in stasis for the entire time, only woken up at the final destination. In dangerous systems, such as Otakon, all of the crew is woken up after clearing the jump. Okay, okay. See, uh, that's, that's horrible. I, I don't like the idea of, of jumping somewhere being asleep. Arriving in a system that I don't know what's there, in my bed. That doesn't sound fun to me. So... Uh, it, remember, a lot of this game has religious connotations to it. So if you pray and have a little sacrifice, doesn't have to be a blood, stop it. Uh, you know, pushing somebody out of the airlock, I mean, technically could count as a sacrifice if it's to the right icon. But uh, you'll get a plus one modifier and takes about four hours. If you have a chapel on board, that's a four hour prayer, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a chapel on board, you get another plus one. And if you have an anointed priest on board, you get a plus two. Hey, Shepherd Book is looking pretty good right now, isn't he? Shepherd Book is looking good. Yes, Shepherd Book needs to needs to go to his altar and give me some prayers and all that all that good stuff. I need that. So, what happens if you fail? Well, oh, I imagine it's going to be. Can you can you roll me a a, a percentile sixty a d sixty six? D sixty six. Okay. Fifty four. Okay, 
So let's, before we do what 54 says, so roll on the table when a portal jump fails. All results, but the last one mean the ship remains in the system and attempted to leave. If you fail when jumping blind, add a 1 to the 10's die. I should have just said add 10 to the roll, but whatever. Uh, add a 1 to the 10's die. So uh, you weren't jumping blind, we'll say. Nope. So you roll the 54. The ship yep. disappears into the portal for D6 days, but is then spat back out in the system it tried to leave. One PC on board suffers a mania. Okay, well, that doesn't sound that bad. I mean, you're not lost. Uh, you're not lost in space, type thing. You know, you don't have Robbie the robot, but by God, you're. You know, you came back, right? And you only lost one guy, and he's not really lost. He's just, you know, he's a little disturbed now. But that's fine. That's fine. Uh, roll D six. Okay. Four. Spiritual rupture. The PC's soul is torn, and she can hear voices and spirits whispering and hissing, telling her what to do. Okay, yeah, you gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go. Uh, yeah, we're gonna stop at the next, at the next place that has air, and we're gonna put you there because <laughs> I don't hey. want you on my ship. I don't need you on my ship with little voices talking about who needs oxygen. Screw that. No, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. You, you gotta go. Go. You know, your mom's calling. You left all the ovens on. Get out. All right, so, yeah, so I, I did all that because I wanted to finish the portal stuff up before going to planet side last. Uh, this is, so 71 to 76, so if you really, if you do the blind jump and you roll really poorly, the ship enters the portal, but exits in a random system. Hey, guess what? You're alive. And yeah, nobody's got I mean, mania. Yeah, and that's actually better than than my roll, because no one's got mania. You may not know where you are, but there's a portal here. You're not lost. You can go somewhere else. You know, it's fine for the full event horizon you want the 45 to 53 the ship Spanish. enters the portal and is lost there for d6 hours then it returns now haunted by something from beyond the darkness the game master decides the details yeah that is bad see the, uh, the, uh this is like a japanese ghost right yes you're not gonna win you're gonna die you're not gonna escape it's going to haunt you forever. You're just done. I personally, if I rolled this, like I'm making a new character. I'm no, I no, no, because uh, this this adventure game turned into a horror movie just like that, <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> All right, you made it to your location. Whew, finally, it took you a little extra time, and you got a little psychosis from it. But hey, you know, we'll say your next fine. roll is fine. You made it through. You decided to let Shepard actually preach. And say the sure. prayers. She stopped with the whole atheist nonsense and said, you know what? Darkness is real because I saw what happened over there. So go ahead and pray, chaplain. Good job. Hey, we made it. Life is good. So mm -hmm. now you want to land on a planet. Making a trip from orbit down to the planet's surface usually takes one to a few hours. All ships what? must make... Well, it depends on the planet's size, how far away you are from it, you know. All ships All right. must make preparations for at atmospheric entry or takeoff. This includes warming up the graviton projectors. Those are your engines. Securing the cargo and adjusting heat shields. Most freighters in the third horizon are too big for it to be practical for them to land planet side. Instead, docking with space stations in orbit above the planet where they unload their cargo to smaller vessels. So sure. Battletech fans are going to look at this and be like, oh, so it's like Battletech. You got jump ships and then drop ships. Yeah, kind of. Mm -hmm. Or uh, orbit ports are found above most planets with large enough populations, while systems with fewer inhabitants instead rely on spaceports on the portal stations. Uh, in the orbit, uh, in the orbit 
ports, cargo from bulk haulers is redistributed to smaller spaceships and then brought down to the surface below. Some cargo is put up for auction, usually in planetside souks, souks, whatever, where free traders bid on contracts for transporting it to colonies and space stations farther from the hub. So you can either deliver it direct or you can uh, you can uh, uh, sell it on a space station or you can give it to a middleman. Usually you're going to use a broker. So mm -hmm. he's going to take a cut. Now, okay. ideally, as you get more and more money, you will you will get yourself a cargo dropship that attaches to your ship because that's more money that you're going to be able to keep in your pocket instead of paying a middleman to to, you know, get it down to the planet for you. But in the beginning of the game, you know, you're already started in debt, right? So, yeah, you're, you're going to want to you're going to want to pinch those pennies. You know, you, you're not going to be able to get yourself a dropship to get to the planet just yet. So I get it. Well, and, and we'll look at spaceships here in a little bit. I actually I think pretty quickly here. Uh, so anyway, systems on the periphery. doesn't matter. That's okay. Spacecraft in the third horizon. All right. Look at that. There are multiple different types of spacecraft. Now, one of the things that I want to be very clear about as I cover this, I'm not going to cover every aspect of every spaceship and so forth. We're going to look at some important ones, look at some things that might look interesting and then move on because the next video is going to be the long one. So I kind of want to get to that. But with that said, you do want to know about spaceships. So why did I just minimize sure. that? I have no idea why you have no here's, idea what you're doing. Here's the spaceship sheet. Okay. So we're going to take a little character sheet. It's its own little character sheet. So we're going to look okay. at this real quickly and then just remember most of this because I'm not going to bounce back and forth. So you got your ship, class, uh, the class and type, the shipyard that it's from, the problem it has. Problem. Yes, all ships start with a problem. Isn't that great? And no. how much debt you owe on it? It's a lemon. I, I bought this. I went into debt and it's a lemon? All ships, what? all ships have a problem. Lame. Uh, so, uh, energy points, uh, we'll talk about how you spend those in the next video. Hull points, that should make sense. That's your you know, ability to take damage. Maneuverability, speed, signature, armor, those are things that we're going to worry about in the next video. Modules, everything is a module. Your engines are a module, your bridge is a module, everything is a module. So this just basically tells what your the makeup of your ship is and yes by its size that tells the maximum number of modules you can have sure and then other features so Captain wait uh we we should think of these ships as a modular frame you're you're buying a small medium large frame the larger the frame the more it costs but the more modules you can put on it and you kind of you, build you your can ship like that. that's a that's a little gamified for my taste but for the purposes of building the ship of creating it from scratch yes mm -hmm. uh what i'd caution after that is uh it's like well it says here i have two module slots left well let's let's technically you can do that but i, I would hope that people don't just look at their ship as module slots but actually as a ship if that makes sense um i mean you, you can glue more stuff to it but where's it where's it going uh, featured now you have your captain pilot sensor operator gunner and engineer we're going to talk about that in the next video what their skill levels are because every player has a role yes and what's neat about coriolis compared to the other games if you remember the mutant year zero games we covered previously it was built around a group of four players in a game master this is built around a group of five players in a game master but i only have four people that want to play don't worry the game's got you covered we'll talk about that in the next video okay then you have weapons more modules you know, the overflow sheet, more features, and then your ship's log. Where you've been, what you've done, what, what the ship's done, how many miles it's got on it, stuff like that. Okay. Cargo and gear, in case you're hauling some, you know, fun stuff. There you go. 
So that's that's the general ship uh, character sheet. So let's go back to here. And now there are. Oh, oh sorry, I was going to start saying the three mandatory. But we're starting here first. So here are the stats: class, class is a measure the ship's size from a small scout ship or fighter, class one, to a bulk hauler, class five. Class determines how much energy is needed to power the ship. And you can see examples over here. Uh, class 1, breach torpedo fighter, ground <laughs> breach torpedo. That sounds like some Japanese kamikaze stuff from World War II. Well, no, no. The, I, I'm pretty sure breach torpedo is is a large torpedo with a, with a dropship type crew compartment inside it. It burrows into a station, opens up, and then your, your, your force gets out. Your army gets out to take over the station. I think that's what it means. Maybe. I mean, uh, yeah, might be right. I, I actually don't know. Uh, fighter, ground loader, grav craft. Now, then you have torpedo ship. Now, does that fire the breach torpedo, or is it a bigger version of what Heathen Dog mentioned? I don't know. I think it's the one that fires it. Could be. Yeah. Armored hovercraft, shuttle. Now, here we go. You're getting your shuttle size stuff. Mm -hmm. Type 3. This is what I would suggest most characters start with, unless you want a lot of debt. A light mm -hmm. freighter, a patrol ship, a gunship, courier ship, destroyer. Class 4, heavy freighter cruiser salvage ship mining ship and then five these are your big guys the battle cruiser the yeah. bulk hauler and portal station like, oh, you can start with a whole station well you're not going anywhere if you that. do that oh my god that'd be a lot of debt <laughs> all right so the modules indicate how many optional modules a ship can hold beyond the three required modules a bridge reactor and graviton projector Oh, it tells it there too, okay. Energy points measure the strength of the reactor, how much energy there is to distribute between the different functions of the ship. By the way, you are not going to have enough energy to power everything on the ship at the same time at full 100% capability. Well, luckily, that's not going to be required because, you know, you, you, you can power down some stuff to, mm -hmm. you know, put power to weapons, power yep. down weapons, put power other places. Yeah, it, I get it. I get it. I like the concept. And, you know, this goes back to the old Star Trek game from FASA, where it's like you had you only had so many power. OK, the Federation cheated, but the rest of them had only yeah, so many power points. Uh, like, did you want a strong plasma, but no shields? Did you want to be able to cloak? Did you want to be able to uh, fire fire or maneuver? Yeah, you have to allocate energy from a set store, which is your enter your matter antimatter reactor only gives out so much. I get it. Yep. Yep. Hull points determine how much physical damage the ship can take. Maneuverability indicates how agile and easy to maneuver the ship is. And we'll look at uh, how that works in a little bit. Signature determines how difficult the ship is to detect by others. This is a very big deal in this game. Bigger than, than I thought. Uh, and that, I think this will be covered more in the next video, if I remember correctly. Armor tells you how many dice you get for the armor test. It works just like your own personal armor. If you have an armor rating of six, you roll six dice to see how much damage you avoid. Speed is used to calculate travel times in number of days by dividing the distance in AU by the ship speed. We talked about that before, but I'm yep. glad it's here in this nice little chart. And then finally, cost is the base price of the ship without any features or extra modules. So this is your right-off-the-lot version, no custom. Well, let, let's look first at the light freighter, the, the, one, that, the one that you recommend. The, this is, you know, if, if you're, you're starting off, you want to haul enough cargo for it to be profitable enough to pay off your ship and your crew and maybe eat we will look at ships at at the end of this or go to because we now we now have to create a ship okay so now i'm not going through the end we're not going to go through step by step the process we're just going to look at what the process is and then we are going to go look at ships but so you want to decide what kind of spaceship you need now this is going to be determined by your group 
Remember back when we did video one or video two, I guess it would be. And we talked about the, do you want to be mercenary group? Do you want to be merchants? Do you want to be, uh, uh, was it, uh, what are, what are they, the pilgrims? I understand. Yeah. Let, let's just do, we're going to be, we're going to be cargo haulers. That's what we're going to be. Okay. Uh, determine its class and origin shipyard. Uh, I don't know enough about origin shipyard for it to, for that, for me to talk intelligently about that right now. And we're, we'll, again, we'll scroll through this. Uh, pick a ship problem. Pick modules, like pick three features. These are kind of like ship talents. Okay. Modify the ship's game steps according to the modules and features you choose. So that's just updating the character sheet. And then calculate the group's debt. So you said you want to be a freighter. So free trader probably... Light freighter, class three. Yeah. So we've got... Uh, okay, we've got the light freighter, the medium freighter, the courier ship, and express freighter. And I don't know what the asterisks mean. I don't know. We'll just stay away from the ad. Let's oh, just stick pre-made, with Oh, trade. pre-made plans available. So that means we'll, we'll see them. Oh, later. okay. If there's an asterisk, then you've got pre-made plans. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, we'll, we'll stick with light for this, just for funsies. All right. Sh- oh, shipyard. Okay, here are the shipyards. Oh, okay. Well, this is interesting. I th- for some reason, I think I skipped this. Uh, shipyards in the horizon. You have, uh, I'm not going to read them all, but we'll look at this one. Uh, Chalebs. Mira. I think Mira is the planet name. Is that, that's the star and that's the planet. Or vice versa. Beautiful, lean, fast ships, plus one to maneuverability, but plus one to signature. So you're in, you got some really powerful engines and, and maneuvering thrust, but uh, they're a little brighter. Yeah. And five, plus 5% to base price. So if you're going for the whole money thing, you might not want to start there. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's look at one more. Darkos, that just sounds cool. cool. Oh, it's in the cool asteroid belt. Okay, now I get it. So Darkos is the name of the facility, and it's in the cool asteroid belt. Practical armed freighters. Plus one hit point. That's good. But minus two to arm. Ooh. Ooh, that's no good. I don't like that. That's tough. Yeah, I, I, ooh, that's really tough. Plus, plus one hit point is good, but yeah, and plus 5% to base price. No. So. Which, uh, does one give plus one to signature? Or minus one? Is, whichever is good. Uh, we get minus one would be uh, extra modules, modules, uh, maneuverability, but more modules, minus two armor, no price increase. Nope. Damn it. All right. I and think we'll because I don't minus 5% price. Is there a minus price? Mm, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How get minus price, but it's minus one to maneuverability Fine. and plus one to what? But plus one class extra modules. But plus. Oh, so whatever class you are. So if you're a class four ship or three in your case, you get three extra modules. Oh, cool. OK, yeah, we'll take that. So this would be the type of ship that I'd say um, not good for a fight, but good for doing its job of hauling crap. Exactly. We're looking to make money, not not make you know widowers. You know, we're not we're not doing that. Now your ship's problem. You could have faulty thrusters. You could have a curse because that's always good. Uh, no. Let's see. Unreliable sensors. Worn out ship computer. Slow accelerator. Obvious signature or eccentric ship intelligence. Which one do you want to look at? uh sl- slow slow accelerator okay the grab projector's acceleration accelerator unit is slow and unresponsive when the problem is activated remember darkness point moving the ship right. in combat costs one extra energy point okay hey you know what we're not doing combat in this ship all right baby that's how it works you know i'm, I'm a businessman i got business plans it, it doesn't involve shooting or getting shot at this point so that's fine so you hope anyway <laughs> that's the, hey you know what you know, you know what plans do with the first sign of the enemy? I got a plan. That's all that matters. <laughs> Have a very good diplomat and a very good priest. Yes. 
Modules, you have to have a bridge, a reactor, and a graviton, a graviton projector. I think this yep. is obvious. You need a bridge, you know, to control the ship. You need Steering power wheel. for the ship, and you need to be able to move the ship. Yeah. Steering wheel, engine, thrusters. There mm -hmm. you go. And we're not going to look at those. Uh, those are some modules there. Uh, let's see, reactor, gra okay, optional modules. We'll pick two. I'm just going to read through the names of them. You pick two that you want to look at. Okay. Salvage station, docking station. Hangar. Mm. Uh, cabins. It's yeah. type of cabin, by the way. Right, right, right. Uh, the chapel. And by the way, yeah. this is... Do you hear your cabins? So if you just want to put people in like sardines, you could have 20 people if you put them in coffins. I love that name. Awesome. But you can only have one suite. Oh. <laughs> uh, cargo hold. Yeah, two. I got, I got the two. Chapel, cargo hold. Done. Okay. There's my two. You didn't want to see the smuggler hold? Nope. I, hey, I'm I'm a businessman with business plans. All right, and one of those is not getting shot. I already said this. There's if you're a chapel. smuggler, it greatly increases the chance of you getting a bullet to the face, and I don't want that. An area reserved for worshiping the icons with eight visible icons, but there are nine. Right, one's called the faceless, and uh, and an asymmetry in their placement or an empty alcove for the faceless one. Grants plus one to the prayer roll for the entire crew. If you remember, if you pray, you get a plus one. But if you pray at a chapel, you get a plus two. That's what sure. this does. As well as a bonus. As well as a bonus to portal jumps. So Yeah, I know, man. That's why I got it. Because I saw what happens on a bad portal jump. I don't need that. That interferes with the business plans. And you now, just hang on, hang on. Is stasis hold an actual module you have to choose? Because that's lame. Yep, it is. That's bullshit. You need that. You, it's A. What does A mean? Uh, uh, a means, uh, what was it? Advanced. Um, crap. We talked about it last week, and I forget. It's the technology level. Okay, well. I, I forget if A is really easy or A is really hard. Yeah, you need this to go through a portal. You need this to make a functional ship. It should be with the steering wheel, the, the no, engine. Because not every ship goes through portals. Some just do interplanetary. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, then I gotta, I gotta drop the chapel. I can only no, pick no, no. two, right? No, no, no. We're just doing two for examples, not two because of your ship. We're not actually building your full ship here. I know, but damn. Because you'd get, you'd have three plus, uh, what was it? The size of your ship. Yeah. You'd have three, three. minimum because, because your ship is a, is a three. And then three. Didn't you pick the one that gave you yeah, more? Yeah, I, I chose the one where I get three more. Yeah, so, so you'd, you'd have, have six, six total. total. So you okay, wouldn't have so a problem. so I got to get the stasis hold as well. Fine, yeah. whatever. And then depending on the class you get, tells how many beds it'll hold. Like you could have, hey, you could carry people. You could be a, uh, a person transport, a luxury yeah. liner, a small luxury yeah. liner, and have 256 stasis beds on there to tour the, the third horizon. Yep. And of course, you could have a computer and mind system. Mining station, service station, workshop. Probably want to be able to heal some things. Uh, and this talks about what control out weapon systems descriptions, which we're not going to focus on here. But if you want to pause the game, go ahead. We'll be talking more about weapons next chapter. I'm not getting into what all the different types of weapons are. That's just not relevant. It's a sci-fi game. You can have features now. Remember, you get a number of features. Yeah, was it three, like three of them. Talents, right. So you can have a blade of armor, which reduces damage of one hit by three. It disables the armor, which must be repaired by an engineer to function again. Yeah, that's 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 not cost effective. Keep going. Countermeasures. 
that uh, could be cost effective. I, I could like that. You know, the, the, the best way to not get a repair bill is to not get hit. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That's a crazy looking torpedo. It is. And that's an ion missile. Okay. A blade of armor, cost increase. Uh, oh, it reduces damage by three for one attack only. Cost increases 10% to your armor. Or to your ship, sorry. So anywho, got a bunch of other ones on here. I'm not going to read through them all. You get the idea of stuff that you can put on your ship. There's some weapons. There's some shields. Ejector. Uh, this, feature, uh, this feature means that the workstations on the bridge are built into escape pods. Workstations. So you can be an escape pod. So if you know what? Abandoned ship. Kobayashi Maru this thing. You're there. You're already there. Just out. Nice. And I want to skip to uh, to actual ships now. Kind of going through this a little slowly so people want to see everything that's in the book. You're not going to be able to read it all, but you know. Service and maintenance. I'm not going to go into service and maintenance. And the main behind reason... the scenes stuff that your, your game master should know and we'll just let you know. Your ships do degrade though. I mean, you, as you can see, ship wear. Things yeah, happen. Maintenance, right. It, 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 it doesn't say repair. It says service and maintenance, which yeah. means that's slow degradation, right? Yes. All right, so let's look at some ships. This is a Scarab. It's a Class 3 ship. Light it's freighter, there you go. Light freighter, crew of 5, length is 49 meters. Uh, what nice. are its... Okay, here we go. You can have the standard model, the passenger ship, or the blockade runner. Yeah, I wouldn't go with... Sounds... You're not going for combat, so... No, yeah. that sounds like getting shot in the face, and I'm not about that. Let's look at how much does this bad boy cost? One million... 450,000 burr. And you owe half that debt at the start of the game. Half of that. Seven, 725,000 bucks. I, that's what I owe on this thing. Yep. At the start of the game. That's not, that doesn't sound so bad. I mean, I don't know how much money can be made. So I don't know. But it's five energy points, six hull points, a maneuverability plus one. That's pretty good. Signature, though, plus one. Yeah, well, arm, arm rating five, so you roll five dice to reduce damage. Speed of two. So when we look at divide by two, uh, yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll go with that for now because uh, I don't want to bring up the other. <laughs> I don't want to bring up the the battle map. All right, uh, features. Oh, modules: docking station, cabins times two, stasis hold, chapel. There you go. Cargo hold. Yes. See, you got your stasis hold and chapel right there. Oh, you can uh, get you can double up on modules. Okay, I wasn't sure I wasn't sure you could. So yeah, all the all the cargo, more money. Med labs, more accelerator money. cannon. Can Med lab, no one gets sick. Get the fuck out. Get out. <laughs> you just sent your kid to school and got sick. You now just landed on another planet, yeah, and you agreed. We don't get off the ship. We stay on the ship. We just transfer goods here. Get it. Come come get it. That's it. That's what we do. Businessman with business plans. Accelerator cannon, because you are going to at least want to keep some people at bay. Somebody's, nope. hey, look, you're going to have to shoot at some point, because otherwise a, a little, a little, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, not torpedo. I can't think of the name of it. Um, escape pod will just come connect to your ship. I got a gun. You don't. I'm taking this thing over. Thank you. Uh, countermeasure dispenser. So, you know, when people shoot oh, missiles yeah, at I you. a lot of those, yeah. Because pirates don't care. They'll take your stuff even if it's on fire. That's true. Uh, features an arboretum. Oh my god, you pansies. Come on. Spartan up. 
<laughs> atmospheric entry and precise thrusters. No extra uh, gear. Worn out ship computer. We didn't read that one, but uh, that just gives an idea. This is what ships just, look like. Yeah, see, I didn't take that because I, I imagine it will make jumps a lot slower. I, I, I don't, don't want know that. off the top of my head. I don't want that. I got, I got a timetable. There's a gunship. We're just going to kind of scroll through them now. Maybe we'll look at one more, but uh, that's a gunship. It's a ship, and it's got guns on it. That's a courier ship. Uh, you're delivering mail, I guess. That, ew, that, that reminds me of uh, Thunderbirds. <laughs> there, there was there. there I, I don't. You guys, you guys don't know it. It was a, it was a puppet show from like the 70s and 80s and whatever. But uh, uh, there were all these puppets, and they had they had cool ships, and that looked like one of them, the green one. It, it looked like you know Thunderbirds four or seven or something. I don't forget the numbers, but they were like that. And then Thunderbird two. L says Thunderbird two. Okay. There are salvage ships. You can start with one, but uh, let's look at how much those cost to start the game. Three point four, dude. Just round it up. Why you gotta do that? <laughs> oh, it's cheaper. Well, no, because no, because, because it prices out the modules. That's why. Oh, okay, um, okay. Now the the cool thing about that though is your your salvage ship, right? You probably are getting more money for, you know, hawking the wares of a derelict ship. Yes, but that's also inherently more dangerous. It could be, yeah. And you, you could realize find... that the whole the whole thing is to make money and not get shot in the face. If you're if you if you find a derelict ship, you're going to have to board it. That's dangerous. Could be could be someone there sleeping, he may not be happy you're on his ship. That's dangerous. Could be someone a could, xenomorph. Could come back for it. And then shoot your ship. That's dangerous. Eh, I'm, I'm not about that. Yep. Could be a xenomorph on there. Unity could be on there. Taking over yeah, vomiting in people's mouths. <laughs> no, don't need that at all. Or, you uh, know, I could walk into, uh, you know, the whole horizon situation. I don't want that either. If that ship is haunted, keep it over there. I'm nope. I'm over here. You're over there. It's funny that you say that because the first, uh, First prelude adventure. It is a prelude adventure to the main Mercy of the Icon storyline. That's what you do. You walk. You walk into a a, a ghost well, ship. For for the lack of a better term, we're going to say that. Yes. Nope. Well, then I wouldn't do well in that adventure because I wouldn't get into it. It's like, come on, we got to check this out. Actually, we don't because what are you stupid? So yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Businessman with business plans. It's not well, about getting my face ripped off. Also, you've got a patron, and you owe you owe money to somebody. <laughs> that, that's true. You know, you got to make you got to do it. That's true. But no, I mean, there, right, there, so are, look, there are ways around it. Yeah. What do you, what do you have? Uh, what do you have for questions, comments, concerns? Look at some chat. Uh, know the book maths it for me, or I hand wave it. Yeah. See if there were charts, like you're going from here to here. Follow. Oh, five days. You know, whatever. You know, like the the book could do that for you. But apparently it doesn't. You have to do the math on that. If it or does, I, if it does, I haven't found it yet. And I want to be very honest with folks. I said this at the beginning when we started. I have not. This is actually a book. Even though I've play tested certain aspects of it, I have not read it cover to cover. There yeah. may be a chart in here that I just have not come across yet. But but I the, but the the awesome thing about this is the the travel time between the planet and the star can be as long as you want. It really doesn't matter. For the most part, I mean, there, there could obviously there's going to be situations where speed is of the essence. Right. But for the most part, it takes, you know, two days once you get to the star to jump to the next star. So, you know, getting two, three days to get to the star from the planet, that's not really a big thing. Just say two, 
say three, say five, whatever, just say it. Doesn't really matter. And then we have the burr. Is this currency in the form of bills? Uh, what 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 form does burr take? Is it like all electronic? Is it coins? It's electronic. It, it's electronic. Okay. Then we have uh, if that player is disturbed, you have do you have to ask, are they down with the sickness? Oh, that that's that that's the guy who uh, lost his soul. And he's got whispers in his stuff. Yeah, yeah. You 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 don't help that guy. Okay. You you get him help by getting him off your ship. Because if he stays on the ship, someone's going to space him for being stupid. Well, see, a good game master isn't going to be like, oh, you now have mania. No, no, no. He, he's going to give him a note. Yeah. And he's going to read the note saying there's this there's this whisper in, in your in your ear. You, you, you feel like oh, it's and, your higher And it won't self. even be right then and there. No, no. It'll be you, later you on, like, like a stressful situation. Right, right. It's, it's your higher self talking to you. You have to you have to eject all the air from this cargo pod. It's the perfect thing to do. And then you do it. And then, you know, you're interfering with my business plan. All right. Uh, so Heathen Dog bought a space. You go. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going for cheap. Minus 5%. Yeah. Going for cheap. I want to make the most money possible out of the gate. I can get a, I can get a, okay. Here's the thing. If you can't buy five, you can't afford one. That's how it works. So once, once I can buy five good ships, I will purchase one. All right, here we go. And we got, uh, so it's a flying mobile home. Yes. Flying mobile home with, with lots of trailers attached to it. <laughs> Kevin says, uh, never give the characters a ship in perfect condition. I hate you and everything you stand for. Well, uh, remember, every ship has a flaw. And, and, it's, and it's, it's built into the game for the purposes of having every ship have a little bit of uh, uh, feel to it. Yeah, personality. That's, that's the right way to say it. So... None of the flaws are inherently, they're not going to destroy you, but they are something that you've got to consider. You know, it's like, it's like a Han Solo having to punch a ship. Okay. You know, it's Fonzie kicking the, uh, the, the, oh my God, the, uh, the music jukebox. Yeah. Right. And we have uh, Rex Teal saying this may be off topic. Don't know if you already covered this, but what happens if you don't worship the icons? Everybody does. Everybody does. But if you decide to not pray to them, then you don't get bonuses. Yeah, so I, I would say two things. Now, let me be very clear. Some are just superstitious people that don't even care if the icons exist or not. Other people are, on the other hand, they're priests. But everybody, it's almost like a fantasy game where everybody knows that they exist somehow, but your, your care in that is up to you more agnostic than than atheistic so to speak okay now, why, but, why but here this? but hold, hold on to, to answer the question no i got it what what i would do is i would say if you just add my character does not believe and i will not worship him great then two things one you don't ever have to worry about praying at a chapel or anything like that cool you also can never push your role yeah what i would do instead is the Conan the Barbarian route. Conan believes in Krom. Mm -hmm. Believes in his god. But he only ever prayed to him one time in Conan the Barbarian. Because he, he didn't have the tongue for it, he said. But really, he didn't have to push his role. He was OP. I mean, come on. He, he spent Back. 10 years fighting and muscle building and laying with women. It was great. He, he had all the training in the world. He didn't need to pray. But when it, when it was like 20 against one, 
He was like, okay, Crom, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pray to you now. Treat it like that. Yeah. And you're you'll be better off than going than trying to go fully atheist. Yeah. Treat it like that. And that's it. And you're right, I didn't get the Bill Burr joke because I was thinking game. <laughs> it's fine. All right. So please. Uh, I, I know I skipped a little bit more in this one. We, you know, we, we were getting kind of poo-pooed on, on a lot of the previous games and how much we skipped, so I've been trying not to skip as much. But most of this was redundant, and also how it was uh, written, it wasn't necessary for me to cover every ship. You get an idea what the ships are. From this point, you either know if you want to get one or don't want to get one, or if you like the game or don't like the game. So uh, please like, subscribe, and share. And the next video is going to be on space combat, and there are two portions of that. There's what you do as the crew, Basically, it's ship operations, and then how do you handle the actual heathen dog's little ship that he didn't want to get into combat? Well, surprise, surprise, the pirates don't care, and they're about to attack him. No! I'm going to load my ship up with countermeasures, better signature, uh, black paint weird angles it's gonna be weird i gonna be the stealth cargo man like the the batman of cargo runners you know you're not gonna see me coming ha <laughs> <laughs> oh, ha hang on one sec i'll be back all right like the Klingons, they clearly kill the gods long ago they figure the gods are more trouble than they were worth again that's not the spirit of the game if you guys want to make a new game that's fine i'm presenting you to the game the way it is uh, and, and to be fair, this is a question that comes up a lot, even in like when we talk D&D, &D, it's like, well, my character doesn't believe in the gods. How can you not believe in the God? That cleric over there literally just healed you, performed a miracle. Well, I call it magic of a different name. No, <laughs> like like it is ingrained in every character that this world has gods. Now, if you're on a on a, a world without gods, that's fine. But the gods, the icons in this case are ingrained into the setting. To say that you don't believe them, I could hear you. I could absolutely agree with somebody who says, "You know what? I don't really believe in them. I don't. I'm not going to let some mystical force or weird being, you know, tell me how I'm acting on the world or or influence my decisions. I'm going to be my own free person." That's absolutely, absolutely. But you'd still make like the sign of the cross, so to speak, or you'd still, uh, you know, what? It's always better. Be safe than sorry when go jumping through a portal. I'll take 30 seconds to be like, God, I don't know if you exist, but uh, if you do, please don't let me get eaten by monsters when we go through this portal. You know, something like or, that. Or be, be, in, be infested by alien Cthulhu things from between the stars. That, that'd be great if you could do that for me. Slick. I mean, secretly, Rex Teal, you could play a character that doesn't believe... I mean... The problem is, again, I don't want to spoil because I, I feel like I'm talking about Mercy the Icons too much. The Icons are... There's actually a physical manifestation of one of the Icons. At least so this person claims. One of the emissaries is, uh, is, is the physical manifestation of the Judge. Now, do you believe that? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you, you would be kind of a weirdo to at least not... Um, you know, what was it they do in the Christian ships in the real world now? They break a wine bottle over it. Like you can't say its name before you do that or something. I forget what all the, the superstitious not, stuff. Yeah. yeah. But think of it as like this, at least the superstitions, you have some belief in it. Like, yeah, it's better to be safe than sorry. Maybe, maybe we'll do this the right way. You're not going to be, you're not going to purposefully walk under a ladder. You know, that's just, yeah. Dumb. You know, stuff like that.
All right, second part of segment one, we're going to talk about space combat and the roles that your characters play on the ship. There are five roles. We kind of talked about them a little bit in the last episode, and each one of your player characters is going to take one of those roles. So that is going to be something you're going to want to be able to do well, and you're going to want to consider that when you're making the character. And then we're going to look vaguely at uh, at space combat. We're not going to go into all the minutiae of it, but we are going to look at how it operates, how it works, and hopefully you come out of this saying, you know what? That seems interesting and fun enough where I want to find out more. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Show stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. All right, there we go. We have our space combat on the screen because I forgot to put the cover up. But you know what? I think by now you've seen the cover a few times. If not, well, just never know. You'll never know what the cover looks like. Okay, so space combat. Let's start here. The, the system described below is designed to manage combat between only a few ships per side. The most common combat encounter is a one-on-one -on -one ship duel. Large battles between whole armadas are part of the history of the Third Horizon, but are very rare nowadays. That, that is for the Game Master to take to heart. Yes. Because, because the, basically now the book is telling you, hey, this combat system for spaceships, do, do not scale up all the way. It doesn't. doesn't work. So you limit yourself to small battles, 1v1, 2v2, 3v1, whatever, or you're going to have a bad time. I get it. So about that uh, campaign, Mercy of the Icons, I will not say more. Uh, crew positions. All spaceships have specific crew positions that must be covered. Small vessels can be constructed so the same person can perform several functions at once. There you go. Makes sense. Uh, while large ships may have many crew members per position. More on this below. The five crew positions are captain, engineer, pilot, sensor operator, gunner. Okay. Uh, let's just go to... Uh... Uh, yeah, you can use the cards. Uh, distance segments. The distance and empty space are huge, too vast for it to be meaningful. Basically, it doesn't, there, there are no distances. You can make them 10,000 feet. You can make them 10,000 miles. You can make them 10 million miles. It doesn't matter. They just use the term combat unit. Yeah, because it's millions of miles between you and your destination. That, that is not something the normal human can just put in their head and get. 
So why why even codify it? On top of that, you have uh, think of Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. You know, when you're out in space, you've got sensor range all the way. You know, you know, long range sensors as far as you Forever. want. But when yes. you're in that Mutara Nebula, you can barely see. So instead of trying to rework the entire game, you just shrink those combat units down. And now three combat units could be a starship length away. Hmm. All right. Uh, did it, yep, that was that. So movement. In space combat, the terrain between combatants is not important. The dark between the stars is endless. What matters is the relative distance between the ships. To move one combat unit toward or away from an enemy ship, test pilot. So you roll a pilot uh, roll. The movement can be modified negatively by obstacles in the segment you intend to reach, such as asteroid, space junk, and gravity wells. So you're like, what is this combat unit? So let me, once again, on F11 that. This is what the combat chart, uh, the battle map for space looks like. It's relative. That's all it is, is just relative space. One ship, usually the, I think it's the fastest ship. We'll find it. I forget if it's the fastest list, but I think it's the fastest ship is zero. And then everybody else is one, two, three, or four or more range categories away. So it's very abstract. It's not three-dimensional. And it's not hex-based, but you'll be okay. It works. Mm -hmm. Range. Just like in ground combat, the range between you and your enemy is divided in four steps. Contact. You're in the same segment. That means you can ram or board. You can see them. It's like, hello. Short range. One combat unit. Adjacent segment. Visual contact limit. So you barely can see, see it. Yeah, barely see them, right? So if let's, let's just do this again. I'll, I'll bounce back. So this is zero. If you're both in zero, then you can do ramming boarding actions. If you're one away, you're a little speck out there in space. So medium, two combat units, passive sensor limit. Long, four sensor units, active sensor limits. Now extreme, up to eight CU, extreme sensor limit. But hey, there aren't uh, eight categories on there. Well, at some point you just say, I think you can count to eight. You know, what you, if you, what you could do, you could do a couple things. You could, A, put somebody at negative four and somebody at positive four if you like, my, you know, dealing with the negative numbers. Or you could say zero and just be like, look, let's, I'm going to put you outside the grid. When you get to four, it matters. We got you on sensors. You're, you're like a chess piece that got killed. You're just sitting out here outside the board. Just represent it somehow. It's very similar to how um, Forbidden Lens does it, except for Forbidden Lens does give you a ring for that. Sensors and signature. Okay, you ready to hear about your signature? Love it. When you approach another spacecraft, the question is who detects the other first? Sometimes this can be determined, uh, this can determine the outcome of the entire battle how far away you can detect other spaceships depends on your sensors and how you use them passive sensors this is the standard setting on any sensor sensor range is medium two combat units and your signature is unaffected so you're just normal running well yeah and uh you are you have your sensors you have your sensors to detect other people's energy signatures without adding any energy of your own so you know can you that, put that last that comment by l up please He did not just give me the finger. <laughs> That'd uh, be zero. Space, do you guys know Space Kataz? No. Uh, look up Space Kataz. He was talking about Top Gun, I think, but yeah. I don't care. But I'm talking about Space Kataz because it's more, more accurate uh, okay. for me. 
Uh, anyway, Space Kataz is a, a, a part of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but it's the Plutonians versus the Moonanites. Ah, gotcha. And you can actually look up that they have the entirety of Space Kataz in one video on YouTube, and it is funny. So, all right. So, uh, active sensors. The sensors are set to maximum effect. The sensor range is now long. You can scan out to that four range, but you get plus two to your signature. That means you're easier to scan as well. You're pinging. You're now going. Bing, bing, yeah, you are. It's this is active radar now. You are throwing out an energy signature to get things to bounce back to you so you can see them more clearly. But on the downside, people now know you're there yep. because you're lighting up space like a, you know, according to sensors, you're just lighting up space like a torch. The active sensor mode also costs one energy point per turn. Sure. Now, extreme sensors, if you have the feature extreme sensors, your sensor range is active mode is increased to extreme eight CU. Otherwise, they work like, so you have to have this feature in order to operate them. Right. Transponders. All spaceships are required, required mm -hmm. to travel with their transponders switched on. Even though you can keep your transponder on. Uh... Only, only when the patrol shows up. <laughs> this is both the law and common courtesy. The transponder transmits data about the ship's position, name, class, home docks, and destination. A ship with an active transponder is automatically detected as soon as it enters sensor range. So, if you're only running with passive sensors, as soon as you get two CU to somebody, they've got you. And you've got them. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. no. They could have their transponder off, you know, because because criminals have a great tendency not to follow the law. That's fair. Yeah. And then, uh, so silent running. Traveling with your transponder switched off is regarded with extreme suspicion. Sure. Only smugglers and military vessels do that. Okay. Sanctioned military vessels. Not just, you having a gun on your ship does not make it a military vessel. Copy that. If a ship with its transponder switched off enters your sensor range, it is not automatically detected. The GM will ask your sensor operator to test Datagen. I understand that Free League always wants players to roll. I get it. I understand that. But this is one of those times that, no, the player doesn't roll. Otherwise, the player knows exactly what's going on. Hey, I need you to roll Datagen. Oh, there's somebody out here. <laughs> I don't see him, but now I know there's somebody out here. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, but uh, this is one of those times where the Game Master rolls, or you mix that roll in with uh, something else, or you just, every time you do something, just, hey, uh, give me a datagen check, or randomly just say datagen checks, just to keep the player paranoid or something. But other than that, the, the best way to do it is have the, uh, the Game Master roll. The roll is modified by the signature of the target, so that plus two that you got for having active sensors, there you go. The distance between the ships and the other factors, as well as some ship features. And I think there's a chart below. Um, all right. Radio silence. If the enemy ship does not adhere to radio silence, it is in some way using its off-ship communications. You get a plus two to your detection roll. Basically, if he's like, hey, uh, we need to uh, send a message back to the planet. We got Heathen Dog uh, coming up on in here, and he says his transponder's on, but it's not. And so let's go tell somebody that's going to give a plus two to your roll. You're picking up that communication. Reactor shutdown. A ship that really wants to avoid detection can perform an emergency reactor shutdown. That does not sound safe. Yeah, it sounds fine. This requires a successful technology test by the engineer of the ship to determine how many minutes the shutdown takes. Ships don't just go. Doop, 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 doop. Yeah, there is no just main breaker. 
<laughs> and just everything just blinks off. Yeah, uh, yeah. Roll a number of d6 equal to the class. Uh, yeah, roll a number of d6s equal to the class of the ship. Only one person at a time may attempt the shutdown, but several attempts can be made. Okay. Uh, so, so that uh, so if you have a class five ship, that could take thirty minutes to shut it down. Makes sense. Uh, with the reactor shut down, the ship is dead. You lose all of your energy points and cannot change course. Use weapon systems or active sensors. The artificial gravity on board is also lost. The reserve battery power passives. Uh, the reserve batteries power passive sensor. You can't power gravity. Nope. Uh, the reserve. Hey, you know what? Creating gravity probably takes more than the couple of fair double enough. A's you got in the back. Okay, come on. <laughs> couple of <dumb>. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the reserve batteries power passive sensors, emergency lights, and life support systems, but only for a number of days equal to the class of the ship. Restarting the reactor requires another technology roll. Determine how many hours the restart takes. Okay, shutdown takes what? Minutes. Minutes. Restart, restart takes hours. I get it. Hours. I get it. Roll number D6 equal to the class of the ship. You better want to do this. Yeah. I mean, sure, on sensors, even active sensors, you will look like a rock. You look like a rock. That's what until they go and put their eyeballs on you, you're a rock out in space. That's what you are. Floating debris. But if they do put eyeballs on you, you're done because your guns are hours away from being able to fire. So, yeah, you're 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 but you're host. But the enormity of space, it the odds are on your side that they're not going to find you. The odds are on your side. So, there's that. Still, that's dangerous. All right, now, if your sensor roll is successful, you detect the enemy ship and may now engage with it. Your level of success determines how much information you get. You can, of course, contact the ship and inquire after more details. Hey, we see you. You want to tell us about you? No. Oh. But whether or not they reply is up to the captain of that ship. You get to make another sensor roll only when the circumstances change. It's like uh, almost everything in this game. So 715. Oh, that's 14. Where's 15? There it is. So limited success, one or two sixes. Remember this game, limited successes are one and yeah, two. I, I hate that part of the game, but okay, continue. You can get the distance in combat units. So I now place it on the map and its current course. You know which way it's flying. Sure. If you get three or more sixes, you get the distance, you get the class and you get its weapons. Okay. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, failure. If your sensor roll fails, you detect nothing. The GM reveals no information. Yet you still it's made a roll, so you're paranoid and you know something's out there. The sensor operator gets to roll again when the circumstances change in your favor. For example, if the enemy ship moves a range step closer to you. <laughs> like, or, or if the enemy ship pings you using active sensors. Yes. Now, I don't know if it's in your favor necessarily if an enemy ship well, is moving closer to you, but I get you, what it's you saying. Get, you now get bonuses to detect them, and that's what we're talking about. So that right. is a favorable position, you know, getting a bonus to detect somebody. If that bonus appears, you roll again. And I didn't, I didn't look at that chart, but uh, you get plus four if they're in the same zone as you. You get plus two if they're not, plus three if they're at range two. Or, I'm sorry, plus zero if they're at range two, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. For example, uh, makes an active sensor, sweet user, radio center. Avoiding contact. If you, if you detect the enemy but remain undetected yourself, you can choose to change course and avoid contact. Look, I'm not going to read. We get the idea of how sensors work, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Turns an initiative. 
Space combat is divided into turns just like ground combat, but a turn in space is longer. You know, time dilation in space, it's weird. Usually several minutes. Well, no, everything's farther away. When you shoot a bullet at someone on Earth, he gets shot in in the, you know, adult version of immediately. If you shoot a bullet at someone in space... It, it takes the uh, it takes the kid version of freaking forever for that bullet to reach him. Okay, so uh, things take time to resolve. Initial scores are determined at the beginning of the fight, just like ground combat, but in space, only the captains of the engaged ships roll initiative. They each make a command roll. The highest die each captain rolled will be her ship's initiative score for the rest of the battle. Okay. The scores can be changed during the course of the fight, just like in ground combat. In case of a tie, the number of dice showing the highest number determines who goes first. Two fives beat one five, so you're playing poker. Uh, and Kevin Sullivan for $2 says, Ramming speed, Mr. Sulu. You, yeah, okay. I don't recommend it. Well, no, no, it depends. I mean, if, if the enemy's in a class two ship and you're in a class five ship, ah, you know, it's... <laughs> That's just a bump off the side. Boom. What exactly. Happened? You know, I, 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 can, I can rub out that uh that that little <laughs> scuff that you left from your exploding vessel but uh yeah i get it okay so you roll initiative and then we're gonna go over here turn phases this is where things this is what i really want to focus on one turn of space combat is divided into five phases one per crew position all pilots act in the pilot phase all engineers in the engineer phase and so on Makes look sense. I don't care if you're the Shauner out there and you want everything just to be immediate role play, whatever. I also don't care if you are a Battletech person and you want your initiatives to really mean something differently than that. This is to break out the game aspect of it in a meaningful manner. So that, okay, uh, captains, give your orders. I'm doing this. Well, I'm the game master. I'm the captain. I'm doing that. All right, engineers, allocate your power. I'm allocating this. I'm allocating that. that that's the whole point of this. It's to make it... It's still a game, okay? Yeah. And it's to make it so that you can get through this. No, 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 I was actually going to raise it to three. Well, he only raised it to two. Well, no, do it to three because I haven't actually gone yet. No, the engineer's gone. He gave you eight power points. You figure it out from there. The pilot phase. Okay, so yeah, we have the order phase. All captains choose their orders secretly and roll command. The engineers distribute the ship's EP and energy points and perform any necessary repairs. The pilot's... The pilots maneuver to get either closer to or farther away from the enemy ship. Sure. Sensors. The separator sensor operator. Wow. Locks onto targets, breaks locks of their own ships, and performs data attacks. Now you're like, can I do all that in one round? Probably not. No ish. There's always an exception, but yeah. Um, attack phase. The gunners fire their weapon systems, including countermeasures. Huh. Why do sensors go before attack phase? Well, if you don't have a lock on the target, you can't shoot at it. Oh, I'll just eyeball it. No, it's space, man. It's that speck of dust over there. You're not going to eyeball that. I don't know. In the expanse, they did that. <laughs> it didn't work out well. I mean... Fair. They wasted yeah. a lot of ammunition. Yes. In each combat phase... Crew members on a certain position get to perform one action. The available actions are described below. Now, these actions are also on those cards if you get the card. So if you're the pilot and you have the pilot card, it'll tell you what your actions are. We are, I, I'm, no, we have to, we have to go through this. Damn it. You have to know that because this is important. So the order phase. During the first phase of the turn, the captain acts. 
The captain's action is to give orders. A captain cannot force crew members to obey her, but following the given orders, uh, the crew. Oh, oh wow! But by following the given orders, the other crew members get positive modifiers later in the turn. Um, what I was having run through my head there is if you watch the combat video that uh, that I have, the one that's an hour and a half long that didn't need to be an hour and a half long. Uh, if you watch that, that's something that takes place quite a bit. In that the captain is giving orders throughout that combat, giving one person or sometimes two people a bonus if they're if that other character follows the orders. It works on. PCs as well. Yes, that's why during the command phase, you you write down your orders and then you roll command. The the success or failure of that command roll will be the bonuses or or detriments, if there are any, to people doing those actions. Now, the combat is fluid, right? What if halfway through the situation changes and following those orders is now the wrong call? Okay, do something else, but you do not get any bonuses for it. Because you're not following the command. And you'll either get lauded by your captain for, hey, good quick thinking, or you didn't follow my order. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It, you could have a good CO or a bad CO. That's, <laughs> that's, that's up to the character. You know, that's up to the player playing the character. But, you know, that, that, that's how it works. Well, Eric Vereen, we will get to Call of Cthulhu in the next segment. We are right now talking about Coriolis, the third horizon. All right. Uh, so what can you do? You can give an order to repair grants a bonus to ship's repairs you can give an order to repay uh to evade sorry i was i'm looking up here captain cannot force okay um sorry going back down here evade grants bonus to evasive maneuvers obviously that's gonna be for the pilot right sure. or to attempt to breaking enemies a lock-on that would be for the sensor operator retreat grants bonus to movement away from the enemy again that would be for the pilot phase three and attack grants bonus to movement towards enemy ship phase three and to all attacks phase five these yeah. actually this version of command in space can actually affect multiple people depending on what you do what's yes, important because to you. multiple people are responsible for single actions that's just you know that's just how it works give give me give me more speed we got to get away that's the evade thing uh phase three is the is the uh the pilot is that the, the pilot, phase four is the phase pilot. sensor phase four is is sensors because uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, and phase four, because you're trying to move away. You're trying to get away. You're trying to dodge. So it's not going to help the gunner at all. The engineer. Well, he's already, he's already given the points. I mean, he, he can't get a role to get more energy out of nothing. So, well, but he can do the, but he does the repairs. Yeah. He does the repairs. So, yeah. you know, that, that'll affect the engineer, but uh, you know, other stuff can affect multiple, multiple people at one time. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's best to give very general commands. <laughs> to uh, affect as many of your crew as possible to possibly give them they have, all to, they have to be meaningful though they have to be meaningful oh, yeah, commands, but, but yes stay uh, away from specificity as much as you can well also you only have certain amount of time now again that's gamifying and uh, what heathen dog's saying there and i would say if you just said repair repair what because you're gonna be modules on your ship you you've got to be a little bit more specific than just say repair at the same time, think of it as Kurt. Scotty, get those engines back online. I'm trying, Captain. So, you know, now you know that he would get the bonus repairing the engines. for repairing yeah. the engines. Right. So give me give more me shield. Your... Oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Got it. The captain chooses her order without showing it to the other captains, usually only the GM. Right. 
write down your order on a piece of paper without showing it to the opposing captain. The other captains do the same, and then you all reveal your orders at the same time. Very reminiscent, if you remember us covering Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, of the Resistance. Yep. Where, uh, as the Game Master, I determine what the Watchers are doing. You as the players determine what the, you know, like another room or something, determine what the Resistance is doing, and then we compare notes. And if you guys did better, you win. If I did better, I win. And so, you know, it's a give and take. Sure. When you reveal your order and it's your turn to act so on your initiative, test command. If you pass, your order gives a positive modifier equal to the number of sixes on your roll. So if you roll really well, uh, you, you're... Well, what that, if you roll really bad? Well, well, it's still a success is all that matters. One success is plus one. Sure, but if you fail or botch in some way, does that hurt everyone else? I don't see that here. That's nice. Yeah, right. no, not not that I'm aware of, at least off the top of my head. I don't I don't well, remember nice. giving penalties. So so your commander can only help you or not help you, not hurt yes. you. That's good. Yeah. Okay. If your ship can perform more than one action of the same kind, for example, more than one attack, the modifier applies to all of those actions. Yep. And of course, free to follow. Other instructions. You can give out you can give out other instructions. Like you can actually dictate to each as the captain. You can say, engineer, eight uh, eight energy points to weapons two energy points to shields okay uh pilot fly us around in a circle because it's fun sensor operator ping us because we want to be pinged and gunner just shoot out into space it's great um you only pick one of those to give one of those to bonus give the bonus to yeah right okay now let's so move on can, to the you engineer. Can say a lot of actions but you only get bonuses to one of those actions and this is partially the whole point of uh of combat being not just 10 to 20 seconds it could be minutes imagine again star trek 2 wrath of Khan for those who have seen it they're sitting there waiting for a ship to to appear you know when they're in the nebula and they're like you know all kind of staring forward like hey stay close make sure the energy's up hey how are those shields doing we don't have shields out here god damn uh you know they, they've got this little sidebar stuff go, going on as they're okay be ready with those weapons mister you know that the order is for the firing the rest of that is just sidebar talk so you can have this conversation. Now, what you're not going to have is a back and forth. Wait, did you mean that I should do this or that, that I should do? I gave you the order. Go with it. You know, that's what I would do anyway. Hmm. So engineer phase. You can do energy distribution. The most important task for the engineers is to distribute the energy from the reactor. The power generated is not enough for all systems all the time. That's intentional. Meaning that the engineer must prioritize. In the game, this is represented by energy points. Each ship has a pool of energy points to spend every turn. If your ship takes damage, the energy pool can decrease. This should all make sense to you. All right, let's. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, you, if your engine gets damaged, if your power core gets damaged, you're going to give out less power. That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. To keep track of energy points, you can use any token you like and place them on the respective crew cards if you have access to the card deck. Else, you can do your own thing. Uh, I think yeah. that the, the Star Trek Three Combat Simulator is good for this one. Just get a bunch of pennies. There you go. Uh, energy point pools are refreshed at the beginning of each turn and cannot be saved between turns. You can't build up. Hmm. As a rule, all actions uh, by crew cost one energy point, but there are some exceptions. Uh, some exceptions. So, if you do maneuvering, it's an energy point. If you fire a weapon, it's an energy point. If you ping your active, we already talked about the sensor operator oper sensor operator pinging. That's an energy point. A captain's orders does not cost an energy point. That would be hilarious if it did. <laughs> you have to power the captain to make him effective. 
overloading the reactor does not cost an energy point. Why? Because you are overloading the reactor. More that, energy points. Yeah. You're also you're also creating a dangerous situation, but yeah. you're creating more energy points. So there you go. The pilot's actions cost a number of energy points equal to the class of the ship. So if you want that pilot to do some maneuvering, that's going to cost, in, in Heathen Dog's ship, that would cost three energy points to do one thing. Firing a torpedo costs no energy points because torpedoes Why apparently just... It has its out. own energy. Yeah, float out in space, do their own thing. Uh, is there anything on the other side here? Mm-mm. Nope. I can read those sidebars. All right. Overload. What is overload? If a crew member, I'm not, again, I'm not going to read all of these, but overload is a fun one. Okay. If a crew member gets additional energy points to spend on an action, the action becomes more effective. Each additional energy point above the base cost of the action gives a plus one bonus to the roll. That's important. That, that is now, now we're actually getting into strategy. Three extra oh. energy points means a plus three modifier. Uh, basically, your sensors are that much more powerful. Your guns are that much more power, or sensors are that much more sensitive. Your guns are that much more uh, powerful, et cetera. Your, your engines, engines have that much more thrust. Yep. Yeah. So you can overload the reactor. But what what happens if um if you do something bad? Well, if you failed roll means one point of hit point damage. So that's the risk reward. No, no, but a success is one hit point damage per extra energy point generated. Hold on. A successful roll gives you extra hit points equal to the number of you distribute the extra energy immediately. Oh, I thought this was only on a failure also. Nope. Okay, the on ship a failure, suffers. You take one. On a success, you take one per extra energy you want. So you got to really want it. Okay. Really I, don't know if I, I don't know if I like that. Hey, if you got to get away, you got to get away. You know, no, no, I, 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 I get that. I'm just saying like, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't done space combat enough to know what the balance of that would be of saying no. I don't like it to be an automatic. I mean, you, you succeed in your role. Maybe if you get, maybe here's what I would do. One or two successes, take the hit point damage. Three or more successes. I mean, doesn't that fit in with the system, like the type yeah, of way this the game works? feel of the system. Yeah, it would. Anyway, uh, moving on. The game says though, one hit point, uh, repair hull damage successful roll restores hull points equal to the number of sixes on your roll look you are you're not out there doing the welding you've got drones that are doing it for you you've got crew that's doing it for you what it depends on the type of your ship you have automated systems that are doing this for you but it takes you time and it takes one energy point to do it and if you're doing that you're not doing something else remember you can only take one action but also, it's, it's, it's fair to say that allocating energy becomes important again in repairing hull damage, because if you are in the middle of space, outside of a space station, you want to repair hull, great, one energy point to repair the hull. You roll it a minus two. No, you're going to want to put more energy points into that to get your to get your roll to be somewhere near successful. So, yeah, bear fair enough. Too. Add energy to repair, which causes a point of energy or a point of damage. Well, no, up, up to the maximum. If you want to get more than your maximum, that's what causes the damage. I hear A repair system damage, you can fix modules. Uh, repair critical damage, there you go. Uh, if the ship has not been vaporized, you can actually try to uh, repair, you know, it's that derelict ship, okay? Repair, you can uh, repair critical damage. I can't remember if there's a critical chart in this game. Well, it, this one costs a spare part. The other ones do too. All, all the repairs oh. cost a spare part. I just didn't read it. Oh, I didn't see that for the whole repair. Requires one ordinary spare oh, part. Oh, there you go. Okay, yep, there it is. Sorry. Uh, repair module successfully restores a disabled module to working condition. 
So if you know if your uh, stasis chamber was knocked out and you want to go through a portal, probably want to fix that. And yeah, you we'll, can, we'll just let Billy fly. It's fine. <laughs> Billy's fine. You could, and you can open an airlock. The case takes one energy point to open an airlock. Okay. Pilot phase. All pilots act in third phase. Oh, sorry. Let me say because it's going to talk about testing pilot. Yeah, the pilot can perform a variety of maneuvers. Each one requiring a pilot test. Each maneuver is modified by the maneuverability of the ship. What was the maneuverability of your ship? Three. I forget. I believe so. So you can position. The pilot attempts to move into better position. Each six on the roll raises the initiative score of the ship by one for the coming turn. There's how you change your initiative. Okay. Okay. And of course, all energy points for pilot are equal to the uh, class of the ship. You can advance retreat. You can move a segment on that battle map. Do I need to pull the battle map up again, or you guys got that? Yeah, we got it. Face a maneuver. Unexpected maneuver that gives penalty to all attacks against the ship for the rest of the turn. That's nice. So basically, you know, uh, attack pattern delta. Okay, we actually, defense pattern delta. Fair enough. Ramming. There it is. If the ship is in the same segment as the enemy ship, the pilot may attempt to ram the enemy. The action is an opposed pilot test because the other guy's like, wait, what? No, no I don't want that. <laughs> it counts as an action for the attacker, but not the defender. Both roles are modified by the maneuverability of the ships. Read more about ramming in page 171. Okay, but well, we're not going to do that right now. And that'll be in three pages. Boarding. If the ship is equipped with a docking station, the pilot may attempt to dock. Okay, got it. Sensors. You can get a target lock. Oh, that's a, let me go back here. Got to do what the role is. The sensor operator can perform one of several key actions during a fight, all requiring data gen rolls. So if you have a data gen guy, guess who your sensor operator is going to be? It's going to be that guy. If, if you have a pilot, or could also go technology. Where is it? Yeah, uh, let's go up here. Pilot test. If you got someone who can drive some stuff, you probably want that guy flying your ship too. Yep. You know that. Uh, but I wanted to be the pilot. Well, then you should have probably played uh, uh, somebody with the ability to pilot something instead of a yep. computer nerd. So you yeah, can yeah. get a target lock to attack the enemy. Effectively, the sensor operator should attempt to lock the target. The role is modified by the signature of the enemy ship. We go back to that. So if you've got active sensors on, you are easier to spot. And but you're also to easier to spot other things. So Well, it's, easy, it's yeah. easier to find other things, right. But you're easier to be targeted. Yep. Um, a successful roll means the target is now locked, giving a positive modifier to attacks against the target equal to the number of sixes rolled. So you're rolling your gunnery, and now you get bonuses to that roll because of the target lock. Note the lock strength down or use a die to indicate it. Torpedoes cannot be used at all without first locking a target. Yep. Other weapon systems can be used without a lock but suffer a minus two modifier. Eh, minus two, whatever. Only one target at a time may be locked. If you establish a new lock, the previous lock is lost. Okay, that's a little weird, but okay. Well, you can track the other ones and shoot them at a minus two, but if you want that lock and get the bonus, you, you only can do that with one target per. Yeah. So that well, doesn't prevent now, you... We have, we have weapon systems that could lock on to 50 targets simultaneously. At yeah, least. well, again, it's, it's game balance. Um, yeah. You, you can still shoot anything you want to shoot with a minus two. Just except, one of them. Except for the torpedo. Except, well, that's fair. Except for the torpedo. Yeah. Breaking target lock. To avoid attacks, the sensor operator may attempt to break an enemy lock on the ship. Captain, he's got a lock on us! Oh, Evasive action. No. <laughs> uh, the modified... Uh, this, the is modified? Okay, this is modified negatively by the strength of the enemy lock. That wasn't me misreading this time. 
uh, a successful roll breaks lock. Remember, though, you've got two choices. Do you want to get a target lock, or do you want your gunner fighting at a, firing at a minus two, or do you want to break the target lock? Torpedoes are powerful. Pulse, so if you got a torpedo coming at you, you want to you want to get rid of that target lock from the torpedo. Pulse and meme attacks. What's a meme attack? The operator launches a data pulse or meme attack against the opponent. The roll is modified oh. by the enemy signature. Pulse attacks deal energy point damage, not hit point damage. Okay, read more about meme attacks on page one forty nine. We passed. That I a imagine a meme attack. This is this is this is my imagination here. We'll find out what it is in a second. But I imagine a, a meme attack is is something like a denial of service attack where you you foul up um, the the data come, coming into the sensors and stuff so it can't be read properly. That's my guess. This is page one forty nine. What what page are we there? All right, probably one fifty. Okay, let's go back up. Uh, countermeasures. Data me. Oh, geez, that's long. A meme, a self-learning program, is broadcast in the systems of an enemy ship. A data meme attack has two stages. First, a sensor operator, which we're talking about now, analyzes the ship. This counts as an action in space combat, costs one energy to perform, and requires a data gen roll. Modified by the signature of the enemy ship. The target doesn't need to be locked. If the roll is successful, the sensor operator learns what modules are present on the enemy ship. Oh, because before you only learned what weapons it had. Right, right, right. The second stage is launching the meme itself. Only if a ship, only a ship that has been analyzed can be attacked. So you have to do step one before step two. You can't skip it. Yeah. This also counts as an action in space combat and costs an energy point damage and roll sure. modified by yada. Targeting lock is not needed. Okay, oh God, got it. The sensor and operator chooses which module on the ship to target. If the attack is successful, the targeted module is disabled. Oh, so this is a module attack. Okay, okay. This, this attacks specific modules. Got it. Okay. All right. Uh, like the, the three... pilot module or the or the engine the, the gravity well, thing it's or... funny you say that the three required modules bridge reactor and graviton projector cannot be targeted by a data beam oh okay that's, I suppose that's fine so, alright there you go that's a meme attack it's okay. not it's not throwing somebody a bad twitter post no um, and disappear uh, if the ship is fitted with stealth technology the sensor it. what's that I want that Okay, the well, your cargo, the stealth cargo. <laughs> yep. The, the operator may attempt to drop from the enemy screens. All right. Now we're going to move on See, to the attack. That, that is great because if you if you have a cargo ship with no guns, the best bet is to not be seen. <laughs> All right, attack phase. The attacker rolls ranged combat test. So you want your rifleman to also be your gunner. That's just weird. Look, it's a game, and it's and we only have sixteen skills. Deal with it. Fire weapon system. Obviously, you can shoot. Firing without a target lock gives you a minus two. We already we know about that. Costs one EP. Launch a torpedo like the action above, but requires a lock on a target. Torpedoes don't hit their targets immediately. They approach at a speed of two CU per turn, including the turn in which they are launched. Use a token of some sort to represent uh, the torpedo. This is important for two reasons. One, torpedoes are very effective. If you get hit by one, it's your ass. And two, it gives you a chance that gives the defender a shot at breaking target lock. A shot. Because torpedoes are so OP compared to everything else. So this is, this is important. All right. Uh, torpedoes can be fired on and destroyed by the defender. 
So a defensive fire ship equipped with an autocannon or a countermeasure dispenser can fire a defensive fire against an incoming torpedo, even if the torpedo is launched from 2C or less. Defensive fire is rolled. This is a lot, a lot of stuff here. Basically, this is your chaff. This is your countermeasure. Yeah, if, if you have the right module, because the whole, you know, countermeasures is a module. So if you don't have the automatic countermeasures, you're probably, you're probably just bummed. The defense, so defensive fire replaces any offensive fire by the gunner in the same turn. Oh, can't shoot. Thus a, okay. thus, a gunner on a ship acting early in the turn order will need to hold off on firing offensively if she wants to retain the option of defensive fire later in the turn. Wait, how is that possible? Because the you just hold your. Oh, it's okay. like um. Launching toward they're they're preparing to lock. They got a they got a target lock on us, and I wasn't able to break the lock. I'm not firing until those torpedoes launch, and then I'm gonna shoot at the torpedoes. Okay, fair enough. Defensive uh, fire roll is modified by the strength of the enemy's target lock. All right. So now, and this talks about what to do if you if you have smaller crews, like you don't have five players plus a game master, or you have a smaller ship. I'm not gonna uh, put that on the screen there, but I'm not gonna dive into that. Um. Also, how to handle large crews. What happens if you know you've got a, a big ship or you've got seven or eight players? You can actually we have a question from Kevin here. I started, but this is appropriate now. One action for all engineering or one action per engineer. For a large ship, this becomes a, a legitimate question. If if you are on a super battle cruiser, like super star destroyer, or whatever, and you have a hundred engineers, you don't get a hundred actions, right? It's just those in those engineers are doing this one action collectively is one role is that correct so right here it says the only the head engineer gets to distribute the energy points but right. all engineers get an action during phase two each individual action may only be attempted once per turn so it's one die roll extra engineers can also help each other with action so that's how you'd that okay the more engineers you have the the more bonuses you get on the roll but still only one roll so you can have one engineer do the energy points. You have sure. another engineer uh, repair the ship. And you could, let's say you have you know, a large crew. This isn't even player characters now. You know, these are NPCs, but you have a large right. crew. You could have five other, well, okay, maximum three. But you could have others help with the repairs. Okay. Okay. So one action, but you can, if you have multiple people to form the same action, it gets bonuses. Same thing with uh, sensor operators, gunners. You can fire more weapons. So, space uh, ship damage. Okay, you have hull points and you have energy points. All right. Uh, I want to skip two. Sit. There we go. When a ship is hit by enemy weapon system, it suffers damage just like people in ground combat. One six on a roll inflicts hull damage equal to the weapon's damage. So again, if you have a weapon that does three damage, one six does three points of damage. Two sixes does four points of damage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, more damage. The target takes one additional. Yeah, I said that critical hit. The target suffers a critical hit. This costs a number of sixes after the first one equal to the weapon system's crit rating. And we talked about that in well, Heathen Dog wasn't here, but we talked about that in the basic combat uh, section. So if your weapon has a crit rating of two, it takes two extra sixes, two extra sixes to cause one critical hit. Okay. Armor works exactly like body armor. You roll for each six you roll. You lower the damage by one. If the armor roll reduces the damage suffered to zero, any critical damage is also eliminated. Yeah, because it didn't actually happen. Right. When a ship drops to either zero hit points or zero energy points, it is disabled. This is like being broken as a person. This is your hit points and your mind points. Same thing for a ship. 
Well, oh, I got a question about the about the energy points thing. Now, uh, for the meme attack where you do energy point damage, you can do energy point damage. And uh, get, getting your energy points to zero will shut down the ship, basically. You can't attack the, the reactor with the meme attack. Okay, fine. There is an attack that does energy point damage. It, uh, it says so. Okay. So, if if you lower the energy point of a of a opposing ship, it, like say you know during during the sensor phase, for example, then the engineer does he redistribute energy, like take take away energy? No, he, he'll need the amount of points lost. He'll need or to fix is that random? module. Or no, is he'll it just random? need he'll just need to fix that module. I mean, if it's still producing energy, it will take it will take the damage. Like if you do three damage then it's you lose three energy per turn. Really? What's... So let's say your ship has 10 energy. We'll make it nice and easy. And, okay. and your generator is hit, and it only produces seven per turn now. Until okay. he fixes but it, it's you, only seven. Who gets to choose where the energy is lost from? You, the, as the game master, or the engineer of that ship? I don't understand where it's lost from. There's just you, you, the engineer energy. allocates energy points during his phase, right? Three to weapons, three to thrusters. I see what you're saying now. Now, if you lose three, can you pick and choose where you lose them from, or does the game master do that? I, I see why I was confused because that would that can't happen. What you said, and here's why: the the attack phase happens last. So before, so everything's already done. So okay, okay, the next time the engineer acts, th he'll just be three or whatever, however many energy points right. lower. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair so enough. sorry. Sorry. I was confused about that. Cause I, so, um, hull collapse, uh, uh, ship reduces zero hit points. The reactor and all weapons stop working as ship also suffer, suffers explosive decompression. Time to That's get the escape pods or get into an exo. It's a battle armor. Uh, read more on page 99. Disabled ship is not blown to bits. However, it can be repaired using the right equipment. Yep. It's it's derelict. Uh, on a, okay, on systems collapse, this is uh, energy points. The reactor stops working. Life support systems will keep functioning, but no system that requires energy points can be used. This is because of your AA batteries that Heath and Doug talked about before. Yep. Yep. The ship is dead in space, continuing on its present course with its present speed and will be lost in the darkness unless towed to safety or repaired. Yep. Uh... Talked about damage to crew. Critical damage. Critical damage will seriously affect some of the core functions. Roll 2d6 to determine effect. All right, let's... Uh, can you roll me 2d6? Sure. Six. Six. Damage power coupling. The power flow from the reactor to the rest of the ship is reduced. The ship's EP pool is decreased by two. Okay. So, exactly the example we talked about before. Yeah, we just talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, go ahead and roll one more. Okay. Hopefully you get an interesting number, but if you don't, that's okay. Uh, Reroll sixes. Okay. Uh, damage thrusters. Ship becomes harder to control. Maneuverability is decreased by two. That's two less dice. So your maneuverability... Now, it says maneuverability. That is the, that's the modifier for your pilot skill. It gets reduced yeah. by two. So if you had a plus one maneuverability, now it's a minus one maneuverability. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, talks about damaging, uh, repairing ships. We're going to skip that. Uh, I think we're almost, okay, I think we're done, actually. Sweet. Yep, we are done. That wasn't right. as well, painful as I thought. I mean, we can look at, if you want to look at ship damage. No, we, we have some chat. We have some chat. Okay, good. 
Okay, we got uh, L says, can your ship flaw be a broken transponder when you buy it? No, probably not. I don't yeah, think uh, they have that flaw. I mean, we can look at all the flaws if you want, but no, I, I don't remember that being on there. Yeah, probably not. I mean, again, your game master can add whatever it wants if it would make sure. for a fun story, but yeah. you'll be impounded pretty quickly. You, you better be like criminal right off the bat because that's <laughs> you, if you're going to get caught doing something, you might as well be doing something. All right, Kevin says, uh, it is likely, it is like any chase. The only thing that matters is the difference between relative speed. If ship moves one unit faster than ship B, it will eventually get away or catch it. Yep. That's correct. Uh, it's relative position in space. It, it doesn't matter how close you are to anything else except your target. That's yeah. it. That's all that matters. So, if you yes, guys should right. remember from a couple of years ago, those of you who watched uh, a couple of years ago, Battlelords of the 23rd Century, when it added space combat in the horrible 7th edition, uh, had something very similar to this. Okay, and uh, Sly Blue Demon asks, uh, The Expanse is a good yeah. show for seeing how ships would work. It's also just a good show in general. Yes, I mean, that that's what gives... I feel that. When you're talking about ship combat here, I feel that same thing as The Expanse that uh, that gritty realism then we have l says uh we've lost the sweeps the bleeps and the creeps yep yep that is a that is a a, a sensor attack yep. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh kevin says uh, the number of sensor actions really depends on the number of sensor operators you have mm, i'm yeah to some degree yes but I mean, what are you gonna what are you gonna try to do? I mean, you can only have one lock. Yeah, you're only allowed one lock at a time, not multiple locks. One lock at a time. I mean, I'll I'll, ver you, I'll, I'll read that just to verify. Yeah. All all of you go ahead and look that up. All of your multiple operators that you may have will assist you in that one roll, that one lock on roll. You'll it means you have more dice. It's great. You'll have, probably have a better lock on with more operators, but you can't have multiple lock ons. Um, it's pretty vague here. So specifically, it says, uh, the change of stack, blah, 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 don't care. Large crews, large ships may have more than five crew members. It can only be one captain, but we may have more than one of the other positions. For sensor, each operator can be used to get more actions in the sensor phase. Each individual action may only be attempted once per turn. Now that's that says uh, something different. No, that's I mean it says what the other one said. Uh, almost, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, you can only have one lock on at a time, but that's not that's not just everything that the sensor oh, operator the sensor, does. Yeah, there's you can also stack. There's the others. You know the the whole uh, detection thing. You know you could do multiple things like that if you have more than one sensor operator. Yeah, you can't have multiple lock ons because you're only allowed one. But here's 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 what I'm going to say, though. Because of how it's written, I could see people getting into an argument. Exactly how you said it is how I'd rule it, because that's a strict reading of what it says. Mm -hmm. Because there's target lock. That's considered an action. Yep. Disappear. Uh, pulse and meme attack. Breaking target lock are all considered actions as well. Yep. You could argue, although I would tell you unsuccessfully, well, each target lock is its own action. That's not... That's not the spirit but of what this is. Early, well, it's not, not just spirit, but it said earlier that you can only have one target lock at a time. It said yeah. it specifically. 
in combat. So and and, and those things are considered actions. It says the sensor operator can form one of several key actions during a fight. Right. One of those actions is target lock, so you can only have one target lock. Yes. Yes. And the other actions are the meme attack or the break lock or whatever like that. And if you have multiple operators, then you can do multiple things. You you said so. You have multiple operators. You can do multiple actions, but only one roll per turn. You can't have several target locks. You can't break lock against several people. You know stuff like that. You one roll. And and I want to remind everybody because all it means is you're not getting the bonus. You get a minus two. That's all it means. You can still shoot, not torpedoes, but you can still shoot your guns at 15 different people if you want, if you've got enough gunners to do that. It just means that only one of them is going to get the bonus. Right. All right. Then we have uh, overloading and throwing all the EP into weapons to cripple your enemy is worth the effort if succeeds. Well, think about it this way. It'll take, what, one EP to activate weapons. For every one EP after that, it gets a, what, plus one to hit, plus one die to hit. So if you just go dead still and dump all 10 of your power into guns, you're going to get to shoot your guns and you're going to get a plus nine to hit, which is going to increase your damage because you've got extra nine dice, right? You're going to get a lot of sixes. So yeah you're not guaranteed to destroy your enemy. You are guaranteed that if your enemy is not destroyed, you're going to get hit and it's going to hurt because you literally can't do anything else now. So you're going to, you better hope you better hope. Remember you got to roll a six for it to be considered a success. If you just get unlucky, you're dead. So my Coriolis dice are very unlucky. Yeah. That's an all or nothing deal. So I don't know. It's, it's a little, little, little iffy for me. Kevin also says for sensors, if you have two or more, oh, there we go. Two or more sensor players, you can lock more than one ship. No, Is lock on other sensor operators can do other actions each. Yes, we've we've determined that. Reading the thing, one lock at a time, people. That's it. But the other operators can do other actions, not multiple of other actions, but other actions as well. Also, remember, you can have help. So if you really want to make sure that you're you get that lock and that bonus, you can have three other uh, sensor help operators you, help yeah. you with that roll. You'll get bonuses. You get bonuses to your roll. So that's good too. You really want that lock? Well, you you get Jimmy up here to to look at your equations. It's fine. Jimmy will help you. Is that it? That's it. All right. So uh, we got I think two weeks left of uh, of Coriolis. That's my guess, anyway. Uh, I'm not covering the the last few chapters in the same regard. And that's because a lot of it is just fluff, and I don't want to go through all the fluff. But I do need to go through enough of it. We're definitely going to talk about factions. Mm. Hell, maybe next week is the last one. Factions are the most important. Well, the third horizon and factions, let me see how long. The the pages aren't a lot to read, but there are a lot of information. Mm -hmm. It's not long in pages, but it might be long in information. So what I might do is I might do uh, Third Horizon next week and Factions the week after. Factions will take an entire day. 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 I mean, there are a lot of factions, and I might even break the factions into two weeks. Mm. But we'll see. So that we might, we might do something like that. Third Horizon next week, Factions, uh, the second part, and then the week after. Um, not next week. Next week's Kevin and Sean. But sure. Anyway, next episode. But yeah, so uh, as far as the rest of this goes, I can... Pencil or pencil. I can cover that 
really quickly because most of it's game master information and stuff that we don't need to dive into. I don't think you need to know the velocities of planets and gravity, gra the gravities of planets and so forth. Um, but we do need to talk about the factions and we do need to talk about a little bit of the history and what the people are like, because that is what the setting's known for. So two weeks is my guess uh, left of this. And then we move on to Forbidden Lands. And now Heathen Dog is going to move on to uh, to more horror in games. More horror indeed. All right. Give me a minute. Set right. everything up and okay. go pee. Oh, oh, okay. I'll, I'll wait till you're done. Then I'll go. <laughs> My wife made me drink water today. What's wrong with her? Um, so... Yeah, I, I can see people wanting to game. One, one of the things that I want to caution folks when it comes to... Uh, Coriolis and all the years here engine games is they are more narrative style games more uh storytelling games if you want to use the term I know that's a that's a bad word for a lot of people don't try to gamify it that's just it's not what it's meant for it, now if you want to say you know we've got a big ship we've got we got the starship enterprise here we got a class five ship that this thing's you know it should be able to attack more than one or two things at a time well work with your game master and if your game master says, you know, it just makes a little bit more sense to do that, then wow, went back old school with the graphics there. Jeez, <laughs> I haven't seen those in years. I can even tell that the logo has got the missing color. <laughs> yep, it's the throwback. <laughs> it's the it's throwback. Up. Yeah, uh, and very. I, I bet you nobody else can tell, but I can tell right off the bat because you know I work with them all the time that those colors on that logo are just a touch off, and it's because I changed them <laughs> a few years ago. All right, uh, I'm going to go pee now, so you go talk to people, and then uh, we'll get you started. Do you want me to put your uh, slide up now, or do you want to stay like that? Uh-oh. He's muted. He stepped away. He's still doing stuff. Uh, but Heathen Dog does have a Let's Play of uh, Call of Cthulhu. So you can watch him run for Crafty and... Uh, who else? Uh, Sauce Mouse. Duncan Idaho and was it Mark Hawkman? The fourth one? I forget. It might have even been a fifth. I'm not sure. But there's a let's play out there on our YouTube channel. I think it's broken into three parts, and people had a good time. And as far as let's plays go, I will tell you it's def it's definitely in the top top percentage. It's not what you would normally get out of boring ass let's plays. Oh, thanks. I'm back. All right. Now, I, do you want me to put up your cover page, or will I go? Because uh, I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, or do you want to stay like this? Okay. It, it's up to you. Which which one you like better? I don't know. There's a chick on that cover. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again, just for everyone watching. This is not a how to create your character. It's how you should create your kind of character because there's so many additions and there's you know settings from 1890 to 2000s or more so you know telling you specific skills to get won't work because in some situations you won't have access to that skill like if you're in 1890s your drive is going to be ride a horse or covered wagon or whatever but in the 2000s it's going to be drive a car, bus, combine, whatever. So I'm not going to go over specific skills, just specific type of skills. 
And the whole purpose of this is to, this isn't an end all be all. It's to share my knowledge of what successful groups have and what non unsuccessful groups are lacking. And if you want to be in a successful group, this is a good leg up. I mean, sure. It's called a Cthulhu. It could all go tits up. It really could just, that's the way it is. But this will give you the best chance out of the gate to solve the mystery, defeat the evil and live to tell the tale. But dying horribly is fun too. Kevin usually runs uh, 1920, 1930s using 5e. That's great. That's absolutely great. And uh, the, the the Let's Play I did was a period piece in the 1970s. It's absolutely fine. And L, you're right. The Yeah, that's going to cost you sanity. Sure, you get to look at the girl. But uh, yeah, unless you can focus on just the parts you want, the other parts are going to freak you out. Hey, he's back. Yeah, I had to go cry because the Vikings lost. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, your Lions won, though. I don't care. I know. They're not my Lions. <laughs> They're just the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. And a uh, okay, couple of second pauses, and then I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about Call of Cthulhu. Specifically, we're going to talk about the three, in my opinion, the three kinds of characters you can make to give you the best possible chance to succeed. Now, the first one we're going to go over is the jock, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time or check out the Friday Night Show stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. And we're starting okay. off this episode wonderfully. Look at that. Bam. I know. That's Thank beautiful. you, Patriotic Thank Assault. You Patriotic Assault. Awesome deal. Okay. Let's head to it. today there you go all right so i told you in the in the preview that we're going to talk about the jock now what is the jock now he doesn't have to be an actual jock right you could depending on your setting depending on the time period you could be a college athlete a high school athlete a professional athlete 
but the jock is the fighter. He's he's the guy that handles all the physicality stuff you may run across, and you're going to need him. A jock could be a beat cop. A jock could be a criminal. You could have all kinds of occupations. That doesn't matter. But your general deal is that you handle all the heavy lifting. Now, what does that entail? Well, it entails this. Watch. Give me. It won't let me advance the slide. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Difficulties, people. Technical difficulties. Did I see a rainbow in there? You did not see a rainbow in there. Won't let me advance the slides. I don't know why. Oh, oh there you what go. happened? It advanced. Did it? It for a second, and then it moved back. There you go. Stop. Oh, no, no, no. That is, I'm way down. It went all the way to the end. Hang on. We're going to start over. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're going to have to start over. We're going to do it again. Because that was awful. We, we can't have that on YouTube. Well, hold on. Is it working now? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm not going to make the people who watch the live stream sit through the, the, uh, the, what do you call it stuff again but just just do your intro and then kick into right. your normal stuff <clears throat> okay in the preview i told you about the jock the jock doesn't have to be a jock he is the fighter he's the heavy lifter he's the guy who keeps doors closed pushes doors open fights the zombies whatever he's the physicality guy you're gonna need him to survive he could be a beat cop he could be a criminal anything that has to do with punching people out and saving the day. That's what your guy's going to do. So let's take a look at what I'm talking about. What is the jock? Well, he's physically superior than the other characters. Like I said, you could be an athlete. That's fine. You could be something else, but physically you are, you should be intimidating and you should be able to fight. This is, this is how it is. If you are the fighter, what, uh, Dr. Books a lot is gonna is gonna take on the the zombies. No, man. No, he's not. He does it with his mind. With his mind, yeah. The, as his brain gets eaten out by zombies. No, no, it's not happening. The jock has to handle that. And of course, you have to care about the group to want them to be safe. It's understandable. Now, whatever way you bend your 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 player characters' ideals to make this happen is the way it, a jock. Uh, if you're an actual college jock, say you're a, you're a college football player and the, the nerdy guy who is in, in your group, you, he's your friend from elementary school or something and you want to keep him safe. He always looked out for you, let you cheat on the test, whatever. And if you're a beat cop, well, you have to protect the citizens. That's your job. So that's easy. But make the distinction in your head why you care about the group and go with that. So what is the jock's main attribute focus? Well, strength and size. Strength and size is your damage bonus. You're going to want as much damage as possible. If you're in a fight, you want to stop it. You want to win the fight as quickly as possible. Constitution is part of your health. It's your hit points. That plus, I believe, uh, either strength or size, I forget at the moment, constitute your hit points as an average. So you're going to want a high con to be able to take the hits and power. Why power? Luck and sanity. Luck is an amazing figured attribute. It's power times five is your luck. You have to roll a percentile equal to or lower than your luck to get lucky. You want to be lucky because you're the guy who's taking all the hits, who's everyone's shooting, everyone's trying to stab, everyone's trying to, you know, cast spells on you to, to burn your soul. You want to be lucky. Lucky is good. And as an added bonus, your sanity is higher. Your starting sanity, anyway, is higher. But 
are there dump stats? Is there is there something you don't care about if you are the jock? Yes. Just out of curiosity, why is the starting sanity of a jock higher? I mean, I think I I no, know no, the no, answer. I, I only wanted it for luck. It, it, uh, sanity is also figured off of power. Oh, okay, okay. It's just that's just happenstance. Your dump stat is intelligence. You don't. You literally don't want to be smart. You want to be dumb. That's <laughs> true. You literally do because there, there's the idea role. Now, if you make the idea role, you fully understand what's happening. In the Cthulhu mythos, that's almost always bad. You never want to fully understand what's happening. You will lose more sanity. And as the jock, you got to be in the front line, man. You don't really want to completely get it. Just tell me what to punch. Don't tell me what I'm punching. Tell me what to punch. Tell me what to move. Tell me what to block. I'll do that. You don't want to get it. You'll live a lot longer. Trust me. And education is also a dump stat. You're, you know, you're a beat cop or a college athlete or a criminal. You don't have a vast array of education. You don't need it. You need to be able to punch. You need to be able to lift. You need to be able to kick. You need to be able to, you know, hold things down or hold things up, whatever. Education, not important at all. Your skills, again, you don't have a lot of education, so you don't have a lot of skills, but the skills you need are combat skills, either hand-to-hand -hand combat or weapons, or ideally, maybe even both. You know, it all depends, but you have to be able to fight. That's your job. That, also, that, that previous picture made me feel ways I know. about things. <laughs> also, feats of strength are your deal. Hold a door closed, break a door open, hold somebody down. You're going to need to do these things so that other people can do what they need to do to save the day. You're going to need to be strong. Remember that. Bravery. Again, you have to act like you care. You have to, you know, take the bullet. That's why you have the hit points. That's why you're that strong. You take the hits for the people who will die if they get hit. You are the linchpin in the beginning and middle of every adventure. No one else would progress in the story if you weren't there helping them. What is your purpose? Well, just like I said, you keep others safe. You're a bodyguard. You're keeping everyone else on the board so they can make their moves. You are linchpin. Without you, they, they die horribly, horribly in the beginning of the game. And you, unlike other people, since you don't really get it, your intelligence is not great. You don't really get it. You don't feel the need to explain it. So if you have to call for help, you're the guy they want to call for help because you are the one who can talk to normal people in a normal way. You, uh, the, the, the book guy is going to say, hey, we got a whole bunch of zombies coming out here. When you're calling the police, they're going to hang up on you. They're going to laugh at you and say, you know, if you call again, we're going to arrest you. But you, you let the jock call. He's going to say, hey, there's a bunch of guys are on PCP or something. They're coming at us. They're trying to eat us. The cops will come. Talk to normies. That's your job. Do that. Save everybody's life. And that's it, man. That was easy. Being the jock is super easy, but it's extremely important to keep everyone safe, to keep the story moving along, and to make sure everyone lives to the end. Through the end? Well, I don't know. But to the end, that's all. It's what you got. Now, what do we have for... Uh, uh, I didn't I didn't star anything because it was mostly just internal stuff, but I mean, I guess well, we can... anyone in chat have any questions? Anything, anything uh, you want to add? Take I'll away? bring this one up. He's... Uh... Mike Matthews says, uh, good evening, all. I'm just reading the Keeper rulebook. Also, so, uh, solo gamer. Sorry about that, introvert. I, I 
I have thoughts about solo RPG gaming. I know it's becoming much more and more popular, and I've had a bunch of people tell me. For uh, Call of Cthulhu, you need at least three people. These three roles I'm talking about. You need these three roles. Now, can one character cover several roles? Yes. There can be a jock and a uh, what I used to call an investigator, which I'm, I'm going to call problem solver now. <laughs> but a jock and a problem solver together is a de police detective or a private eye. You follow clues, you do this stuff, but you can also shoot, dodge, dip, dup, dive, dodge, whatever. You can also do all of the combat stuff. You're not going to do it as well as someone who is, you know, made to be the role specifically, but you can do a couple roles and still do them effectively. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you have any uh, no, I me no. I don't play Call of Cthulhu. Okay. You know that. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't, just so people know, I don't hate the game. It's just not my style of game. It's. I think the game's awesome. I think people should play it. For me, though, it's not the type of game that I'd be interested in. I'd rather play Paranoia than Call of Cthulhu. I understand. Next, we're going to go through the problem solver. This is the person that helps the story advance properly. Without this guy, you're not going to figure out what's going on. Therefore, you can't stop it, and you're probably going to die. So, join me. Talk about the problem solver. All right. It's quick. You want to throw up the your image first or what? That's okay. It's up to you. My my, my, my image? Oh, I see. You see. Yeah. Uh yeah. hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually get the thing ready this time since you seem to be able to move your slides now. So. <laughs> I, I can. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, everyone. Now we're going to talk about the problem solver. We talked about the jock. Now the problem solver is the character at the table that will follow the clues, put them together, get the party to where they need to be to stop the bad guy. Without the problem solver, you're just me running around punching things, not knowing what the heck's going on. So give me a sec and I'll tell you all about it next. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right. Now, as the problem solver, you're the guy who's going to advance the story. Without you, no one's going to figure anything out. Story can't advance. You're very important. What do you do? You gather information. Come across the scene. You gather as much information as possible. Put it together. You get the questions that other people need to answer. Like the, the third archetype is the scholar. He's the guy who, who eventually finds out the answer to the problems. You're the guy who actually finds out what the problems are, follow them to get all the information, to finally get, have someone else get a solution. Like I said, your job is to connect the dots. A to B to C to D to end. To the 
to the what do you call it the the cult uh sacrifice you get there before the sacrifice happens you had a good problem solver you get there after the sacrifice happens you're boned and your problem solver sucks so the problem solver lets you know that the sacrifice is about to happen the scholar tells you what they are sacrificing to and how to stop it okay that's the scholar's job but your job is to get everyone to where they need to be follow the clues and uh, extrapolate the clues properly and you will get to the end the end boss the end game that's your job now what are you working with these are your most important attributes intelligence you have to know what's going on you have to be able to figure out what's going on is it dangerous do you lose more sanity yeah but that's that's how your cookie crumbles man you have to understand everything to keep everyone moving in the right direction now your second most most important attribute is power because you need sanity you need sanity. Luck is a bonus. You need sanity because you and the scholar are going to be understanding everything and you have to stay sane during it. You got to stay strong, man. Does the investigator have to understand what's going on? He can, I mean, I, I know in one regard it just makes sense, but could he be the type that's just like, you know, something weird. I know something weird's happening here. I just don't know what the weird thing is. Right. That is possible. That is possible. For example, the beat cop. Nope. Nope. He's a, he's a jock. The detective. All right. He is he is primarily an investigator and secondary a jock. He needs to be able to follow the mundane clues. And in doing that, he may glean understanding about what's really going on and have to lose some sanity. But to follow the clues, you need your raw intelligence. You need it. That's just the way that's the way it happens. The way it is. And appearance. Now, a lot of people can say, wait, appearance is just how well you look, how good you look. Having female privilege is fun and helpful because you can get bonuses to stuff like fast talk, bargain, because you're good looking. That's the way the world works, man. It's how people work. And you need to be in places to get information people don't want you to get. You have to be able to sneak into places that people don't want you to be in. How do you do that? Well, well, you have the skills. We're going to talk about that in a second. but your face is a really good door opener if you have a good one. If you're ugly as sin, well, you're probably not getting in the club, right? Or not if you're or, or if you're a dude. Or if you're, well, no, if you're a good enough looking dude, it still applies. You just have to be better looking. Now, what are your dump stats? You don't really have any, right? All of your stats are relevant. Not as important as the primaries I was talking about, but they're relevant. But if you have bad stats and you need to put them somewhere strength and size is probably it you've already got a jock to do the hard hard level fighting strength and size are something you probably don't need as much as everything else that's just my opinion but if you have bad attributes i'd say put them here now the skills you need you are even you're all investigators but you are the investigator of the group you are the guy that gets it done you need these skills Skills like this, fast talk, listen, computer use, spot hidden, sneak, anything else. I mean, uh, if, if there is an investigation skill in your game, there could be, there could be, you know, if you're a cop or a private eye, stuff like that, get that. Anything, all the skills that help you problem solve, to solve the problem, put together the clues, make them make sense. Those are the skills you want. You're also going to need a couple of utility skills. 
you're the guy who's going to be the first aid. You're the guy who's going to patch people up, especially the jock. You're the guy who's going to drive people everywhere. You got to be able to drive. And you're probably going to want to know the law. Now, do you put a lot of points in these? No. Not as much as your investigation skills, but you are going to need some level of skills in these to be useful all the time. Important. But what is your purpose? Well, I said it. You, you find the bad guy. You, you take the party to the final boss. That's your job. It's not your job to figure out how to beat the final boss. It's not your job to punch him in the face, but it's your job to get everyone there. You You've follow- got the room with all the red string going from wall to wall to wall. Yes, exactly. Yes. You, you, your job is to put together all the clues to get everyone in the right place at the right time. That's what you do. And you better do it well. And that's all. That's it. That was easy, right? That's all you have to be to be the problem solver. Your group is going to need at least one, may as well be you. Plus, you get to pretend you're like James Bond or something, depending on what occupation you pick. You know, that, that's, that's cool, too. Plus, you're really good looking. You get seduction. Eh, you can get a couple of girls, you know, on the side. You know, whatever. Whatever works. However you want to convince people to give you information or, or you know, do whatever. That's, that's how you do it. All right. Are there anything we need to talk about in chat? Not really. I was just wondering if you have a few ways about things on this one. Uh, the game I played and we had an NPC driver who was also a werewolf. Okay. Uh, that is fine. That is fine. Uh, you don't want to make it silly on first blush. That sounds silly, but if you think of it this way, it's not. If you think of it like you have a driver, you paid him, he's an NPC, you can't drive, but you need to be driven around to all these places to solve the problems, to get the clues, all that stuff, that's great. And he happens to be a werewolf, and you find that out during the during the adventure or the campaign. How much well, sanity loss wrinkle. would that be? Sanity, well, it, uh, each sanity loss is different depending on mm-hmm. whether you fully understand it or don't, and then it's a die roll. This dude that you've right, been so- hanging out with for you know a while... You know, wearing this little uh, what was a was a green uh, green hornet hat, uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden he turns into a big giant dog. That's going to be rough on you, because you're going to understand it because you have a high intelligence. That's going to be rough on you. I'm not going to lie, but you just send the jock in there to deal with it, and <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you're not my friend. <laughs> oh, we'll put up Kevin Sullivan's next one. Oh, all right, I already bounced off there. Not all players have what it takes to be a problem solver. Some people just can't put two and two together. That's right. That's why you have the skills. You, you're, you as a player have a character with the right skills. You roll, you make a success. The game master gives you the information that, uh, that you require to advance the plot forward and get to the bad guy. Just because you personally don't know how to, how to fly a plane doesn't mean your character can't, right? Just because you personally are not good at solving puzzles doesn't mean your character is bad at it too. No. If you have the right skills, you'll win because you are not your character. That's an important distinction everyone should make. And Mike says, my amalgamated character skills were detective and soldier, military police. You're a mixture of a jock and a problem solver. Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> I don't know how many problems military police solve, but hey. Now they, they solve a specific subset of problems. <laughs> As okay. somebody, I, just just so I don't get all the MPs out there angry, I've worked for DOD for over thirty years, so. And he still doesn't understand it. That's, yeah, <laughs> cops. 
All right, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, these are a nice shorter ones. He's getting right to the point with some of these. Uh, let, let us know what you think about uh, these videos. And, you know, is there anything he missed? Anything you really like? And uh, stay tuned for The Scholar. Okay. Let's go back down up here. Should we get there? There it is. Okay. It works. Wish I could align these things better. Too many things. Too many things. Too many things right. to do. Whenever you're ready. All right. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. We are back. We are now at the third archetype, the scholar. Now, you could say he's the linchpin, but really all three of them are linchpins. But this is what the scholar does. This is what you need. And this is how to do it. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Chill Stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right. And now we are going to talk about the scholar. The scholar is the guy who figures everything out. He's the guy who figures out the end game, what the bad guy is doing, and more importantly, how to stop it from happening because that's your job. Now, it's the solution. Like I said, how to stop the bad guy. That's what that's his position. That's his position. What is the cult doing? They're summoning a monster. They're doing it by sacrificing a virgin. Well, the best way is to stop the sacrifice. No sacrifice, no summoning. You get there too late? Okay, well, now we have to fight this, this creature summoned from beyond the stars. How do we do that? The scholar is going to give you the blueprint on how to defeat him. Is he going to do it himself? Probably not. You, you have the jot for that. <laughs> That's what that is. But he's the one who's going to figure it out. And what does he need to figure it out? His main attributes are, in this order, education, intelligence, and power. Education, because your education attribute is where all of your skill points are derived. You're the one who needs to have all these great skills. You're the one who needs to be knowledgeable. You need to know everything to figure this stuff out. And you're going to need high intelligence to do it because you have to understand everything. And that means you're going to lose a lot of sanity. That's just the way it goes, man. That's the way it is. You need to understand all of the evil things that are going on to get the right solution. And that's why your third most important attribute is power, because that's based sanity. You're going to need a lot of it. You're going to go through some. I recommend in between game sessions, you see a therapist. Does that actually bring high... sanity back? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, the, but the therapist convinces you that it wasn't real. That's how you get your sanity back. So half a one you know half dozen one you know six dozen, whatever what matter. happens after okay this has happened 30 times you can't tell me this isn't real anymore <laughs> there is a limit to, to psychoanalysis in the game okay there is a limit but you're going to need a high starting sanity because you're going to need a big buffer to make sure you don't go back crap crazy by the end of the adventure because they're going to need you at the end to tell them who to kill and how to do it now your dump stats well your physical stats are all dump stats physical <laughs> stats that's all of them you know, it doesn't matter. The investigator and I'm sorry, the, the problem solver and the jock are going to handle all this physical stuff. You're the brains behind this entire operation. 
So all these stats, not as useful. Skills, on the other hand, this is your bread and butter. This is how you help the characters win the game. You need to be able to research things. You need to be able to get information and turn it into something useful. How do you do that? You can be able to use your library, your computer, have knowledge in the occult. Depending on your game, anthropology, sociology, uh, Cthulhu mythos. You have to learn that in the game. You can't start with it. But the more you learn about the Cthulhu mythos, the more skill you have in the mythos skill. So you can just identify things just because of, you know, ancillary knowledge. That's great. Also, languages. This is important. Very important. And the languages go in this order. Most important, second, third. Arabic, Latin, and Greek. <laughs> the matter you are going to need these three languages to understand all of this mythos junk. You're going to need this. Sure, books uh, do have English versions of them, but they literally give you less information. Lost in the translation is the watch phrase of the day. You want to read it in the original Arabic, if possible, or Latin. Greek is usually a translation of Arabic or Latin, so it's not going to be as good, but it's better than English. Know these skills. These are the only times I'm telling you what skills to take. You must take these skills. I don't need those skills. Then you don't need to win. Sorry. That's the way it works. If you, you want to fight me in chat, fight me in chat. It's fine. Do it. Oops, wrong button. There we go. So what is your purpose? You defeat the threat. You give the fighter the magic sword that slays the dragon. Your information is what makes success possible. Your, your, your research into what's going on and how to stop it is pivotal to actually stopping it. Go figure. Only problem is you are burdened with knowledge. Your sanity loss is going to be more extreme than everybody else. And if anyone's going to have to use magic, it's probably going to be you, which means more sanity loss. <laughs> you are the one who's going to go insane. Most likely. Does all Other magic reduce insane. sanity? What's that? Does all magic reduce sanity? Learning the spell reduces sanity. Casting the spell reduces sanity. Reading of mythos book reduces sanity. And you're the guy who's going to do all that. So, yeah, it's important. But you're, you're going to be hurt by it. You're probably the guy who's going to go insane. Outside of a really bad role from somebody else, eventually you're going to go insane first. I mean, there's mitigation for that. You know, if you defeat the cult, you get a sanity boost for winning. You stop the evil encroachment. It is possible. The world can be right. But is it going to make up for all the sanity you lost to win? Probably not. <laughs> you mitigated some of it, but you still lost some. So the longest a scholar has lasted in a Call of Cthulhu campaign? Uh, without, going, without going insane, I've done it. Uh, a maximum of five, five adventures. That's it. Five adventures. And I went insane. Now I came back. I didn't go irretrievably insane. I didn't go to zero sanity, but I lost enough over time that I needed psychiatric help. That happens. It happens. 
It should be a, a, a drop in insanity to, after all that. Like you're okay, you're cured or not cured, but you're better. Just keep doing the mantras we were talking about. Look in the mirror every day. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone yep. it, people like me and t- pop your pills and all that. Yep. And then you're like, you know what I should do? I should look into more of this. That's got to be a sanity loss right there. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> it, it, that's actually keeping you, that can keep you sane. Let me, let me explain. Doing all this stuff and winning is how you got insane. If you don't do it, people are going to die. Can you live with that? No. So you do it. You keep, you take the bullet so other people can live. That's it. That's your job. You take the sanity hit so the jock and the investigator can keep on keeping on. Someone's got to go. Might as well be me. You're a hero. Good on you. And that's it. That is, uh, that's all three of the uh, main archetypes. Do we have any comments? We do. What does it say? Sorry, I'm writing a note here. Uh, the scholar is the one that finds the Necronomicon and reads it five times. And by the way, this is why I also laughed when it came to the whole Arabic thing, because uh, uh, the, the story of the Mad Arab is part of the Necronomicon. And <laughs> it's also part of the game. <laughs> it is. So, yes. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't read the Necronomicon five times because the Necronomicon, if you get the Arabic version of the Necronomicon in the book, reading it one time is good enough for you to go, you know, crap house rat crazy. But it has a lot of information and a lot of spells. That's what that's what hooks you. That's what gets you. You need to be able to cast this banishing spell in case you get to the place too late. You got to be able to banish the thing that they summoned. Can't stop the summoning. Going to have to banish the summoned. So you're going to have to learn that spell, Lost Sanity. To learn that spell, you had to read the book, Lost Sanity. To cast that spell, you guess what? Lose Sanity. It, you got a rough life, man. But you are pivotal to success. Pivotal. What else we got? Uh, given good rolls, you can get back more in an encounter than you lose. It, it depends. It really depends. If you get a streak of really good, good luck rolls where you roll really low in Sanity Loss and really high in Sanity Gain... That's great, but you can't count on that. The house wins in this case. It's going to win. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get a problem. At the very least, you're going to get some psychological issues you got to deal with. In the Reign of Terror adventure, played the captain. All it took was listening to Mythos music, and my character was destroyed sanity. <laughs> that seems pretty Funny. quick. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, uh, go ahead and leave in the comments if you if you like my my uh, three main archetypes. It, this came out of my head. There's no canon for this. It's either I made it up or it bubbled up from my subconscious somewhere. Great. But uh, leave a leave a comment if you think I did it wrong. Tell me what you think I should have done. If you think I did it right, tell me I did it right. I love hearing that. Uh, Mike says, "Can you get by without knowing spells?" Yes, it is possible. But people will die because spells are, are literally a shortcut to victory. You sacrifice your life doing it, but you can save lives in the process. And there you go. Right. And we got one. No, that was all three, wasn't it? That was all three. That was all th- Wow, that was fast. It was fast. I, I, I figured these <laughs> things would be 10 to 15 minutes. Okay, that's cool. 
Uh, well, then I guess we get ready for segment three. Yep. Let me fix my stuff here. Okay. You get the link out there. Thank you. I don't see anybody watching Rumble unless I brought up the wrong chat or something. Usually I get a couple people say hello. Uh, what am I looking for? I'm looking for that. And there we go. That's on there. And for our final segment today, as we like to do, we'd go look at the comments you've left us throughout the week, you know, specifically talking about last week. Actually, I had to skip almost all of Heathen Dog's Dead Rain comments, so we're going to go back two weeks, because Heathen Dog oh, wasn't here last week, to talk about some of his Dead Rain comments from last week, and okay. uh, look at some of the other ones that popped up. But uh, Heathen Dog put the link out there for folks who want to jump in. For those who want to come in and talk to us, oh, that's not the right one. Where, where, where is my oh it's up there jeez losing my mind uh so if you're calling check your audio and surroundings one question or comment related to segment one or two we will respond you'll get a follow-up and then you're done go away we don't want to talk to you no more <laughs> all right watch the language uh because this is a pg-ish 13 maybe show yeah fair. somewhere around there all right. Uh, go ahead and bring him in because I got to zoom we'll in. Bring Mahawkman in as you're queuing up the, yep. the the messages. All right, Mahawkman, how you doing? Okay, this is something that might end up being a little complicated. Uh, you remember okay. that one shot you did? That's uh, the uh, video uh, we were talking about earlier. Yes. Well, the various characters that were played in that one shot. What would you say that their archetypes were? Jock. They're all criminals. They're all criminals. They're they're all jocks to to some extent. Well, that's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, uh, uh, you were you're you're not like a a you know an underboss or a boss in the mob or anything. So you don't have any any greater skills than just roughing people up and you know slinging slinging crack or whatever whatever yeah. it was they they did. You know, they you you were the muscle. You were the mob's muscle. Yeah, I, 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 the one of the few things I remember about my character was that my character had gotten sent to prison for whacking someone. Yeah, you're that guy. Now, I believe there was one character in there who who could be considered uh, an investigator. And that, that, that was the, the son of the of the Don. I forget his name, but he was higher up in the organization than everyone else. He was the head of the crew. He could be he had some investigative skills. But everyone else was just muscle. And it be, because it was a convention event, it was all laid out on tracks. That's doable. That's absolutely doable. You don't really need a scholar for that adventure. It was made for that. It was made for mostly jocks. But most Call of Cthulhu adventures require at least one person who fits in one of the three archetypes. Jock, problem solver, or scholar. You need that to complete an average adventure. Hmm. Uh, but one of the ones I did with the old geek on his channel was some um, something really weird. It's like it says a time travel thing. We have people from from present day Britain get displaced back into the past, like the I, I don't remember which century it was. All right, well we're we're past. You've already had your follow up. Uh, <laughs> sorry. sorry about that. Thank you, Mark Hawkman. Also, we have somebody waiting, but I have to read a comment or two first. So I'll read um, a comment first. Yeah, I'm trying to share my screen. I got lots of comments. This is weird. Just saying that. So, um, 
because of all the things I'm doing on the side with with YouTube, it's hard to find the comments now. But this is one that came in a couple days ago that I was like, huh, I think I actually will ask Eden Dog about this because I don't remember you saying this, but I might be wrong. So I know this isn't about a recent video, but Jay here in 79 says, uh, rewatch the video. This is on combat mechanics for Palladium Fantasy. Because something was troubling me. How do you work dodge into the way Heathen Dog does all the actions at one time? I don't remember you doing that, but maybe you well, do. You no, know, there there are two schools of of Palladium Combat. Everyone takes a turn one one action at a time until everyone runs out of actions, mm -hmm. or yeah, that is everyone or everyone gets all their actions at their initiative. They can choose to use them or not to save them for the rest of the combat for dodges and parries and whatever other things that come up that's possible both ways are viable i've i've been like i've been in games where it's 50 50 chance how it works yeah. now the reason i brought that up is because the the book is not crystal clear on which way that you should do it not crystal i, I think that's intentional yeah so you do it either way and it'll be fine. If you do the one at a time, then when you do something that, uh, say you want to hold your action, then you just skip, you hold your action. Or if you do something that costs two actions, the right way to do that is the first time around, nothing, you do nothing. The second time around is your double fisted power punch. You're winding up or you're preparing to do your, your big, uh, uh, two melee action hit. But that means the first time around you do nothing. And the second time around you actually roll to hit. Yeah, I don't that's agree with that. No, I don't I agree with that's that. That's how it's supposed to go. I, no, I don't, I don't even think that's true. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. So, um, but no, I, but as far as the people who do, so he's talking about how, how when you dodge, um, he not said it, but would be more emphatic about it. You save your actions. You just simply, yeah. like, I've got four or five actions this round. I'm going to save two of them in case I need the dodge. And if, uh, and if you don't need them or don't use them, you've wasted those actions, but you're preparing, you're staying in defensive mode or whatever. I right. do not like that system, but Heathen Dog's right. It's about a 50-50 chance, depending on how people want to do it, because some people are like, well, it just slows down the game to have to keep going around. Blah, blah. I, I don't agree with that at all, but I've seen this work. I don't like this methodology. Let's just put it that way. Okay, there you go. No, all right, go ahead and bring in, uh... bring in Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing? Greetings. Can you hear me okay? Got you loud oh, and clear. Okay, good. I had trouble. Okay, I want to talk about, I want to, uh, mine is about Coriolis, my comment. Okay. Um, I, as a whole, I'm not a fan of the system, but I really like the combat, the space combat. I really like that idea of the commander gives his orders, mm -hmm. and then, the, you know, and then each person acts in turn. And if you have multiple people acting in a, you know, sensors, then it's then it's your uh, initiative. I think so, don't most sci-fi games nowadays do that. I mean, like I, I know I first came across it when he was talking about Stars Without Number, and then I know it's in Starfinder because I played Starfinder, and there's something similar to it there. Um, Battlelords of the Twenty Third Century, the new version of it, has something like that in there. I mean, there are nuances that are different, but I, I think a lot of, or most sci-fi, modern sci-fi games have that built into it. A lot of well, well, that's when you talk about modern. You're talking about someone introduced this at some point, and yeah. after that, everybody used on. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to know well, who the first all is. All the new games use it. Games <laughs> right. that that don't have 
you know, 67 editions <laughs> don't use it. They, they are, they're still using what they used, you know, in 1994 when they published originally, yep. you know, but I really like, I really like the, everybody can have an action. You can assist someone or you can do a different thing. Yep. You only get one thing of each. Except gunnery, everybody can. Everyone who's a gunner can shoot a gun. As many guns as uh, up to the number of guns you have. Right, and it all yeah, happens in that, a specific order. Yep. Yes, and that is important because if you have, if you're just doing like random initiative order, you know, you got holding you action every shooting. round. You've got, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I up. shoot before the sensor operator goes. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Could, yeah, I mean, it can be, it can be very confusing and very. Uh, especially for players who, who haven't been playing the system for 20 years. Yeah. You know, the this game master's the like, oh, it's obvious how this works. Players are like, well, um, no. <laughs> no, they, yeah, you're right. You're right. This streamlines what could be a very complicated mess. It streamlines it. <laughs> it takes some randomness out for order and peace. The randomness is your random initiative order. The gunner goes first. The, the commander goes last. Oh, it's just, it's random. That's how it is. No, man, that's not how it's going to be there. You, you have, you can have that initiative randomness inside of your specific action areas. You have the, the randomness inside the command structure, the randomness in, inside the gunnery structure in, inside the, the pilot structure. There's your randomness, but to make it make sense, things have to happen in a certain order yeah. and we'll make sure it does that. Yep. And yeah, I get it. And, and some it people can great. complain that it gamifies it too much. And, and I understand that, you know, but the gamification of it in this case, like Heathen Dog said, makes sense because the commander is going to give the order first. No one's going to want the order. Yeah. Right. You're going to want to get into position. Or, I'm sorry. The engineer is going to allocate the power. Like, hey, we need all power to weapons. Fire, fire, fire. Well, guess what? The engineer's got to get the 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 power to the weapons the pilot's going to get you into position for it the sensor operator's getting that lock on and then the gunner's finally going pew 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 like that just makes sense if anybody Has complains in that way yeah if anybody complains about that that person's just complaining for the sake of complaining exactly and it does not completely remove role play right because every player can ham up their action it doesn't stop you from you know from what are you doing, Joe? I am blasting the crap out of those guys. Guy aiming for his cannons. Oh, you know. Yep. And then exactly. you make your roll and you don't have to. And then, you know, if you're using a mechanic, uh, uh, an online thing, you can make the roll and you don't have to say what you made because the game master can see it. He knows whether or not you hit and he can tell you what the results are. Exactly. Yeah. That, it and, does and, not and, remove role play. It no, simply. Streamlines everything, which Just puts it, which which it a makes cohesive it order. not confusing yep, for right. the player. No, you're right. You're right. right. And which you're, is, and which, is awesome, which is Love really it. cool. I mean, yeah. and and this I think this game does it better than other games I've seen. I agree right. with that. In fact, I stole most of it from this uh, when I'm writing mine. But all right, Kevin, thanks for <laughs> popping in here. Thank you, and, uh, you have a good one. So, uh, no, to be fair, so, uh, you know, I've got my multiple different things that I'm, that I'm writing up and even the one that was the palladium homage, so to speak, I, my combat works very similar to what, uh, Coriolis did because I thought it was the best write-up for it. Even though, to be fair, I, I don't know what year the first person was, like Kevin was mentioning, like what came out first. I first saw it when you talked about stars without number. Mm-hmm. 
And then I saw it in Starfinder. And then I saw it in uh, Battlelords of the 23rd Century. And then I saw it in Coriolis. I just think it is like a normal part of gaming now that I would really like to know when that first came in. Because it is right. He's right. It's, and I'm not talking about hex games. We could say, well, wasn't that in Star Trek 3 Combat Simulator? Well, that was a board game. You know, maybe that's where the inspiration came from. I don't know. But anyway, I had to pause here, even though this wasn't from last week. Um, okay. At the, Lou Prosperi, who's somebody, I mean, I don't know the guy from Adam, and other than I know he's the developer of Earthdawn. I've sent him a few messages over the years, like once every five years or so, I sent him a message. He doesn't know me at all, but I did think it was pretty cool that you got a comment. For those who don't know, Lou Prosperi is the designer of first edition Earthdawn. And he then got got a comment over that. But this is my favorite one, though. Not the one where, you know, he he mentioned about, hey, uh, you might have a... Red items and powdered items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I like this. It's like I love the fact you guys use the CD-ROM. I like even we mentioned that. It's like you got yeah, CD-ROM. Yeah, we mentioned that during the thing. Like, oh, I should that CD-ROM. Yeah, I like the hyperlinks on it, and it worked great for yeah. you know online. I mean, when I'm playing, I don't want to use a tablet. I want to use a book. Yeah, you know? but for for our format here, it was perfect. So I had to use it. And I am going to actually respond to Alu's other comment. I haven't yet, but I'm going to I respond did. to. I know, I know you did already, but I, I'm going to respond to him. Uh, I'd love to get him on the show. Okay. Uh, dude, we can nerd out for over Earth on uh, oh, well, yeah. first edition, at least like yeah, you, you if if you think that having Kevin and Sean on here, we, we nerd out on Palladium. You don't even know, man. If he gets in a first <laughs> oh, they, and second edition Earth on, he will he will just it, he'll his glasses will will like magically get tape in the middle. You know, and <laughs> he'll, he'll be doing this all the time. Anybody Not who watched ironically. the Friday stream knows because uh, uh, um Oh my God! Uh, he's one of the biggest geekest guys. Um, not Joe and Randy. Uh, P- Patrick Damo. He's an Earthdawn guy. So all of a sudden, uh, Mr. Max is on the screen. I totally bored because we were just going nerding out over Earthdawn. Uh, well, that's cool. He just picked up a used copy of Coriolis, which comes worse used in other systems. There you go. Uh, it, it's a system. Like Kevin said, he doesn't like the system. I get it. I do like this again. I like it as what it's intended for, which is a rule rules ish light. Uh, a system light there we go a system light system i can't say it any other way uh because it's not technically a rules light as we saw there is some crunch to those rules but it doesn't bog you down in 400 skills and 95 talents and all these different little things for a more crunchy game i like palladium for a more rules light game i like free league i think they are to me they're they are my bookends i i yeah, like those place. yeah exactly so um all right, where the hell are the ones? I've been posting some polls and so forth out there. Uh, that's that's it. Oh, oh, wait, wait riffs. I see riffs one. We we you were we talk about riffs. Oh, this isn't the right riffs one. Oh, uh, this is probably to me. Says headhunters are actually kind of awesome. Okay, I get it. Uh, I I did read this one. I didn't respond back, but I'll give him a like. I already read this one. He's basically talking about all the cool. Because I was the one that said, "Why do you play a headhunter? Like it doesn't make sense to me. I just play a full conversion Borg." And he pretty much says, "Look, you get some pretty cool skills. You get some pretty cool abilities. You can integrate better, so forth." So, uh, anyway, that's <laughs> you know, it's gonna be hard to do comments if we can't do comments. Okay. I've never so Ronnie Abadi. I thought this was interesting. Now he's been commenting a lot of our Year Zero stuff, so it's good to see that he's a Year Zero fan. Never seen anyone use the full auto rules because if you're spending three action points, uh, did you watch the combat video at all or no? Not all of it. No. Okay. If you're spending three action points, getting minus two to shoot and emptying your clip, then it just uh, then just makes okay. 
So the, the two rules are this. You can either go full auto and you keep rolling a six until you roll a one. Now, to be fair, you can stop at any time. You don't have to roll until you get a one. That's just kind one of the point. Of yeah, one means you're out of bullets. But, but you keep rolling, you get a six, that's another success. Five, two, three, six, another success. You know, you can do that. The point is to get more successes or to spread them out because you're firing wild. Or full auto. Um, what he's saying, well, you're better off just if, since you're going to run out of ammo anyway, which I, that's the part that I'm quibbling on. You may as well just do the three quick shots because that's just a minus two. Uh, I don't though. The reason I don't agree with that is because you don't have to run out of bullets with the full auto. Now, if you're going to gamify it, does the do the quick shots kind of make more sense, especially if you have the right talents? Yes, it does kind of make more sense to do the quick shots, but you're really gamifying it then. And that's something that uh, I might quibble with depending on the character you have. Now, if you're a gunslinger of some sort, you're, you're, you're a Billy the Kid type. Yeah, I could see you go pop, 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 you know, and just say I'm or, you know, pop, 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 until you're out. Okay, I'd be okay with that. But if you're just some rando schmuck or if you're like, look, here's a rifle, pull that thing, go. And uh, no, I, I, you're going to be, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to think full auto is the jam. Right. You're wrong, but you're going to think it's the jam. Yeah. So anybody who's fired full auto knows it's not the jam. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You, if you hold down the trigger, you're going to die. And, and the guy you're shooting at, you're not going to hit. <laughs> that's what, that's what happens. With not after auto. round but, five anyway, but yeah. yeah. But you have the possibility of doing much greater damage with a single hit. Much greater damage. And what if you need that damage to really affect your target? What if one bullet just won't work? He's got too much armor. He's got nine dice of armor. You need, you need to do a significant amount of damage per hit. Sometimes that single shot's not going to do it. You don't, your gun's not big enough. You're going to need full auto to get the amount of damage that's going to bust through his amazing armor. That's a good reason. It, it takes a lot of practice to actually be able to control it. Anybody can do it. But it takes a lot of practice to control full auto and keep it on target, especially when you add in the whole idea that if you're doing that, they're probably duress around you. I mean, I can take an M16 or an M4 and walk straight on full auto, and I'll have a, a little bit of vertical, but I won't have a lot. But now you add in the fact that a car is trying to run me over, somebody's shooting me from over there, uh, you know, things are going on around me. No, uh, I mean, you, you need training in order to get that down. Uh, all right. Uh, in our current Coriolis game, our GM lets players tweak the rules in specific circumstances. Uh oh, like dive in front of another PC to intercept an attack. That's I in the other games. That's a specific talent that belongs to a class. So I would say no. The bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. You have to take that class in order to, or that role, whatever it's called, in order to do that. I don't think that's one that's in Coriolis. But if it's a talent. Or if it's something that is already in the game, I would say no. I'm not letting you randomly do that tweak. That you have to have that talent to do it. Otherwise, you cheapen the uh, the the talent itself. Yes, will be meaningless if you can just do it. Yep. So why? Um, but only by giving the, the game master a darkness point. Oh, that that's interesting. Oh, I hate that scrolling thing. No, that's actually pretty interesting. That's kind of like uh, how we talked about with Earth on with legend points. Like it says in the core book, you can use legend points to do things that are legendary. 
and it gives a bunch of specifics, obviously increasing your talents, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but it also leaves that kind of open-ended and I allowed you guys to actually modify your roles. You had to spend the points beforehand, but modify your roles based on your circle. So it's uh, that's something like that here. Uh, give the GM a darkness point. So, <laughs> you know, tempting fate. I can see that. Yeah, that's a good house rule. Yeah, I, I like that. Okay, these are the... Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to get to... What did I talk about last week? Oh, it was the Coriolis stuff. There we go. Finally. All right. This is uh, for you. Okay. This game is definitely a shock to the system. Going from rifts where taking a glitter boy as possible are... A pair, I think he meant party was held to a standstill by two zombies due to armor rating. Five guys took like an hour trying to take him down due to bad rolls. Yeah, that that's the thing. Uh, I said it during one of the one of the videos, but I'm going to say it again. It's really hard to take down a zombie. They made it harder than it's supposed to be because a headshot is really the only way to take down a zombie and you have to roll a natural 17 to 20. Uh, uh, that That's the only time that mechanic ever happens in a Palladium game. Hmm. Everything else is called shot. Everything else is, is a called shot, which has its own mechanic. But to kill a zombie, you got to get him in the head. You get him in the body, but he's got all that natural armor. He's got, he doesn't really die. He gets back up, you know, all that stuff. The only way is the head and it's so hard to hit that i like i said i didn't play test it i don't know how well it did apparently you play tested it, it turned out bad you know you get well, bad he, roles, he, he said bad there roles. are bad roles I, this is true for every sdc version of yeah. playdium game so yeah so you get bad roles that's how it works that's, that's the way your cookie crumbled on that one but should bad roles just completely tank your party shouldn't can it sure should it no probably not but it well, can he, <laughs> change your tactics change yeah. uh, change maybe else, maybe man. it's time to run yeah maybe it's time to run away yeah Af after you spend a minute trying to trying to kill a zombie and you keep missing just run away run away it's if obviously a blink zombie <laughs> yeah if you can't well then you're boned but i'd run away uh so mike matthews here says freely are cool products they are producing are great and for me sorry max they've been employing sean tompkin to write solo rules i don't know who sean tompkin is but my issue with solo gaming isn't the fact that it exists or anything like that. I just solo gaming is a thing. I have a couple of solo games. One of them is like four against darkness. I forget what the other one is. Um, my problem is when people call it solo role-playing. No, no. And that's a quibble for me. Uh, I don't, uh, it's not role-playing. Choose your own adventure book is not role-playing. Okay. Uh, even when I do like four against darkness, I wish I could remember the name of the other one I have. I don't call that role-playing, but solo gaming. Yes. It's not. It's not role playing. Role playing is interacting. So, and I know that there'd be some grognard out there. No, role playing is just playing a role. Shut up. It's interacting. Well, if, if you can meanly, <laughs> meaningfully interact with yourself, you need to see a doctor. <laughs> but that. But that is cool. And and freely. That's my my only complaint about free league right now is that they seem to be throwing away the old IPs in favor of new ones. Like they have no intention of doing any more Coriolis. Maybe a second edition. At least that's the last I heard. Uh, Mutant Year Zero might be coming out with a new book. Now I'm starting to wonder if that's happening. But uh, but Alien is replacing Coriolis. Dragon Bane, I'm scared, is going to uh, replace uh, Forbidden Lands, uh, which uh, Forbidden Lands is the next game we're covering. I don't, I don't play IP games. I don't want Blade Runner. I don't want Into the Odd. I don't want, I mean, I have the One Ring, but 
I'm not into IP games. I want, I like the more generic or its own IP stuff. And they seem to be like, eh, we don't need those, you know, but to be fair, they're making more money off the IP games. So, you know, people want to buy Blade Runner. People want to buy Alien. And it's unfortunate that that's my only issue with, uh, with Free League. Other than that, I like what Free League's doing. So, no. um, all right, let's see the next one here. By the way, uh, the link is out there. You, you know, we still have time for a couple of people to, yeah, I got to throw the link again. There we go. Uh, so derivative worker says, I feel like when my players say they want the hobo adventures in rifts, it's the same flavor they crave. It's all SEC. Classes are defined by their skills, and, it, and there isn't a galaxy's difference between their potential. Okay, yeah. Uh converting to SDC is just as easy as converting from SDC. The, it's it's just the same rules backward. It's 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 in the rifts conversion book. And they have a small section in the Rifts book itself, the Rifts Ultimate Edition, they have a small section for that. And it's completely doable. It uses the same system. It uses the same combat, same, same, you know, same thing. You just adjust the damage accordingly, change it from MDC to SDC, add or, add or subtract from totals, but it gives you the guide to do that. Turn MDC into hit points and SDC, it gives you a guide to do that. It's fine. You know, so there it is. I'm going to put something on the screen here, but I'm putting a disclaimer because I know the guy doesn't know. Jong Lonshore has been watching uh, the GM's alcove play a certain computer game, and he's absolutely right when he says this, but I know how Heathen Dog feels about this computer game. So, Jong Longshore says, Darkest Dungeon, slow, solo brain torture. Please tell Jong yeah. Longshore what you did with your version of Darkest Dungeon. Okay. Uh, I had this epiphany on stream when I was Team White for like the third time in a row. I did everything right. Mm -hmm. I had the right combination it was pure of RNG. <laughs> it was pure RNG. They the the bad guy kept critical hitting me. I kept critically missing. It sucked. Yes, epiphany. The epiphany was <laughs> I would uh take the game from my hard drive to a, a thumb drive, take the thumb drive outside, dig a hole, put it in the hole, put lighter fluid in the hole, burn the hole, bury the hole. I did that. It's still in the backyard underneath my tree. It's buried like like a bad pet. That's where it's that's where it sleeps. I have two fail videos that you can find on our YouTube channel somewhere. It's called like fail outtakes or something. My monologue. Yeah, it starts right off with his as he's playing the game and he's pissed off. So that epiphany, you can hear that epiphany in real time. Uh, you can actually see the light bulb, you know, in like bing, I got an idea as it's happening. And Balahar, who lurks, he just continues like this story never gets old. Right? And he was there. Uh, how does one bury a hole? Well, when you're that angry, you can bury a hole. You can bury anything. You can bury anything. Uh, oh, th I thought this was funny. Sorry, I'm going to read one that's off. I was totally, en I was enjoying this until the totally unnecessary fat shaming and then watching you double down on it. Great job. I have no clue well, what we talked about those fat shaming. I don't know but, either, but, but fat people are bad. That's how it works. Not sure where I, I mean, did that, but I'll triple down right now. Fat is not yeah, beautiful. I'll... It's disgusting and unhealthy. There yeah, you go, man. Bo body positivity is not a real thing. It's it's it only exists in the heads of fat people to make them feel better about being fat. That's and that it. was his response. Certainly, uh, Legion, but certainly is. But perhaps remember, the majority of RPG players do not have positive views of their body and don't need to be attacked. Yes, they do. You need to be shamed. The world yeah, needs more bring, shame. Bring shame back. It's the only thing that keeps society in line. Shame and stigma are the best peaceful resources to prevent bad behavior or discourage yeah. bad behavior. Uh, what, what, what's the thing everyone says is bad? Um, 
peer pressure. It's not always bad. If you have the, if you surround yourself with the right people, they will pressure you to do better. They, they will pressure you to succeed. That's what you want. Peer pressure is a good thing. I, I like it. Believe it. Honestly, I like Darkest Dungeon, but I had the same problem that Heathen Dog did. I played for quite a while. I did all the right stuff. And then all of a sudden I had like three bad fights. I had like all my teams that were of any quality were just wiped out. All just wiped out completely. And I Couldn't don't mind do RNG. I, I'll do roguelikes. I'll do rogue, you know, uh, roguelites and roguelikes. That one was too much. That that ultimately, I was like, nope. I did everything right. My guys can't hit. I I don't know what's. Oh, I'm getting all the curses now. I'm not getting it. So I was like, no, nah, I I'm done. I I didn't have the same anger he did. I just said, eh, no, it's over. But uh, Malake right here says, uh, did you talk about when you drove by a fat person jogging? I I want to say that because that's the one time where I will never ever make fun of a fat person. Right. They're trying to better their situation, dude more power to them. Yeah. More, if I, if I can help in a meaningful way that, that, you know, doesn't, you know, create problems for me, I'll do it. That's fine. I love it. You're on the right path. That's great. And then that's what I've said. That's the story. So many people know that story already, but the, the quick version of it is I was, I was driving the guy sitting next to me. Uh, we saw a fat chick running down the road. This is when I was in Germany. He's like, I was like, dude, what's your problem? That person's we're sitting in a car driving. That person's at least trying to do, you know, to better her life. Like I'm not going to bust the balls unless I know the person I'm not, I'm not going to be angry or, or, um, unsympathetic towards someone or upset yeah. or, or start shaming or anything like that because this person is obviously trying trying to yeah. better their situation and we want to encourage want, that exactly encourage good behavior peer pressure at work do mm-hmm. it love it yep um so ronnie body for you says hey you guys do really good reviews thanks guys so that's for you because that's on your yeah um patriotic gestalt Really appreciate it. Goes back and finds an old video and gives us five dollars. Well, me because it's after the bump. <laughs> what old new again. Uh, all right, here we go. So, if PC becomes a zombie and gets enough PPE to regain his memory and skills, does he still re- uh, retain the zombie's regeneration and other abilities? Right. Okay, hang on. There, there are two types of zombies for for this for this question. There's your zombie zombie, and then there's your half zombie. All right. The zombie zombie can never fully or even meaningfully regain their personality or skills there. If they get enough PPE, they heal damage and they heal rot. So they'll look like they did the moment they die. That's the best you can do. Now, the (laughs) other side is the half zombie hybrid type uh, OCC or RCC in this case. And this 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 person has a lot of their memories and a lot of their skills but they can't get the rest back and they will eventually feed on PPE because that's what they eat. Right. Well, that, they well, that kind of, food and won't fill them up. I think what this person's saying, especially as we go on here, is, oh man, some players will definitely do that. Why play as a squishy human when you can be an intelligent zombie with double strength and regeneration? Who cares that you have to knock down some humans? They're probably all psychos anyway. Well, it depends on the campaign your, your GM wants to run. If you want to run a half zombie campaign where half zombies are the player characters and they have to survive the tribes and tribulations of not only zombies, but humans that want to kill them. That's a good story. I'll, I'll play in that. But having you be the one, 
the one PPE drinker and, and uh, neck biter of the group and everyone else is a human, that's probably going to be a bad time for you. At some point, the humans are going to kill you. At some point. It's going to happen. This is one of those things where I, when I say stop gamifying it, think like a person, think like a, yeah. nobody wants to be a zombie. With the game rule, because uh, even yeah. Kevin, if you talk about Kevin, you know, and his consequences and so forth, you're not supposed to want to do these things just because they're there. There's supposed to be inspiration of like, oh my God, that person is corrupted. That, that's a zombie, but he's still talking to me like a person. What do I do? Do I kill him because he's a zombie or... Do I not, you know, you're supposed to have a conundrum, not like, dude, that'd be so cool. Let's do that. No, it wouldn't be cool. Yeah, you would no, not want no, to be the wrong, wrong mindset, wrong mindset. Yeah. W when in doubt, default to be the good guy. Yes. There you go. Uh, we'd be discussing how to convert these ideas to infected riffs earth. TMNT after the bomb played in fantasy, nightbane, splicers, et cetera. What's infected riffs earth? That is in, instead of the coming of the of the uh um the coming of the ley lines destroying the world maybe it was a zombie apocalypse but the zombie apocalypse was caused by magic returning from the world but instead of earthquakes and tidal waves it was a zombie apocalypse so they're all mdc now everyone's mdc magic is real the bad side is now zombies are real okay. so you're mixing riffs and and dead rain together which is completely viable they use the same system and and in the Dead Rain book, it gives you a blueprint to transfer them into MDC creatures. So you can do that. Absolutely. All right, we know more pleasure bunnies. Uh, thank you for the $5. That was for... Are we almost done? I thought you had a lot more comments than that, but I don't think we need to cover all of them. Oh, it's got some Robotech. Oh, yeah, yeah, you looked at those, right? Because I sent you the link for those. Doesn't look uh, like you answered. Respond. I should respond to at least one of them. Looks like I didn't. Yeah, I know. I sent you the link. Thought you did respond to one. Well, he had. Oh, okay, so you responded there, to is, one. There so there's background, background. You did background, back. Okay, you responded to one of four. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll do better tonight. Then there's the Mecca. Well, he also posted on the Mecca one also. Mm. And but it was a, more of a battle it was a more of a battle tech question yeah, so yeah tech question i'll let you handle that i remember that one so and then you got this one okay cool yeah. uh do, 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 do. Well, how many days 9 days ago i got to go back 14 days cuz of your nonsense sorry couldn't be here last week could you <laughs> so Bad played, dog. played a couple of sessions we used special versions as boss level mobs hordes of shamblers but sometimes you encounter a boss mob that was a runner flesh eater or thinker yes Yes, that, that's actually that's actually an excellent way to do it. Uh, it says in the book, 75% of the zombies are either regular old Romero zombies or crawlers because they don't have legs. That's 75% of them. I would say that's 99%. And then you, you, you save up the, the specials for the end of the adventure fight or whatever. That's an excellent way to do it. I agree completely. I'm going to read this. I, I didn't click on the timestamps to see what we were saying at that time but 1729 says can a high ppe magic caster theoretically feed a zombie without getting bit no i answered that did you okay you know yeah. zapping with ppe bolts or something what no okay no the uh the, the zombies feeding mechanism requires the person's death that's how okay. it works they have to die and the ppe upon death is doubled which means if if a if a leyline walker 
a 10th level Leland Walker is going to have like 250 PPE on death. That's 500. And every zombie within a certain radius is going to get a portion of that. That's a lot. Those zombies are healed. It's a miracle. <laughs> and they look pretty fresh for dead guys. Oh, yes. So you that's a problem. Oh, you responded yeah. to this. I didn't even notice. Okay. Yeah. So Rift's Earth. Okay. You do. You, you, okay. Wow. Nice little chain of conversation. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Good. Crafting Gamer says a couple billion zombies versus one alien intelligence. What would the outcome I be? that one too. Oh, did you? Okay. Well, then let me at least like them. And Go the alien up. intelligence would win because the alien intelligence is that much more powerful than a zombie. Than everything. Than pretty much everything else. Yes. Alien intelligences are the are the apex predator in the Palladium universe. Best way to deal with slow zombie is getting in in a uh, road roller or a tank or other heavy uh, vehicle and crush them. Uh, the, yeah. What's that? Yeah. Uh, the numbers actually become a disadvantage to them as they're packed close together and can't move out of the way. That's true. That is true. I, I mean, it, it, all, it all depends on how you set it up. When, when you're facing an overwhelmingly strong opponent, you have to fight on your terms or you're going to die. So you put them into a choke point, make them all come at you in a line, get a steamroller, <laughs> run them all down. Helicopter blades with a lawnmower. Lawnmowers, whatever. If you if you want to go, you know, all brain dead on that, then uh, yeah, that's great. Lawnmowers. So this was an interesting one. Could you replicate the moan and lure of the zombie, or uh, replicate the lure of the moan and lure the zombies away into a kill zone or away from human settlements? Um, I would I would say no. Okay. Because it, it is it is considered a magical ability of the zombie, but you could you could uh kidnap a zombie tie it up bind its mouth and then take it to somewhere you want the zombies to be and then and then unbind his mouth and have him tied down and he'll start moaning cuz you're there and it'll bring the zombies so you can do that but you won't be able to record the moan and then play it back it's not the same effect there's a magical component behind it that is lost in the recording okay that would that be my my adjudication of that idea. I, I like it conceptually. I, I would have to read more about it. I don't want to get pedantic about game stuff. I, I think what you're saying there makes it much more interesting that, yeah, zombies only understand. Like, for example, I can meow to my cat all day and it doesn't do anything. The second, second I play a YouTube video <laughs> and I oh, can convince. Yeah. Now, now it, now it's speaking its language, right? Exactly. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, so Panther Purr, I think he's watching right now, uh, at least, oh, maybe not, but uh, really well done here. He's not nice perspectives. Look at that. You getting some compliments oh, here. Nice. Talk about putting the players where the atmosphere is. Keep it up, man. Sweet. Thank you. Uh, I know you had a lot. Oop. Here we go. Please cover systems one. failure. Oh, systems failure. All right. Do you have it? I don't have it. I do. You do? I have okay. not read it yet. Okay, well. Send it over to me. I mean, I, oh, I got I, two weeks because I don't. I don't have uh, it. On, I don't have it on PDF. Oh well, then I'll 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 find the PDF, fall off a truck or something, and <laughs> uh, and I'll read it. I got two weeks because next week is uh, Kevin and Sean. Kevin and Sean. Hey, maybe we can ask them about. By the way, anybody who's watching right now, um, next week Kevin Simbita and Sean Owen Robertson are gonna be back. So if you have questions, comments, concerns for them, uh, I said people could post on the Friday Night Chill Stream one, but you can also post it on. Don't do this one because this is going to go members only soon. Uh, come to our Discord. That's the best place to do it. Come to our Discord. We have a suggestions channel. 
I will search for you know anything Palladium Kevin and Sean. So you can say question for Kevin, question for Sean, whatever. Post your questions, comments, and concerns for Kevin. They're going to be coming here talking about an announcement. We don't know what that announcement is. It could be really exciting. It could be like, ooh, you. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin doesn't Probably seem the type to do fool you, but, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the, the 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 point being is like. I don't have too many questions to ask him. I have one that I wrote down today. Do you have a lot of questions to ask him? I don't. I don't. We've I mean, had him on the I'm, show I'm, multiple times. I know. I'm, I'm pretty sure all the questions I'm going to have are about the thing they're going to announce. And I can't know it because I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. So, um, uh, you know, we'll obviously talk about that. And, you know, we don't have to have a four-hour live stream with him. We can have a two-hour live stream with him. That's that's just fine. But it's going to take your questions and your ideas and you know so forth to get us there. So please best places on our discord i will try to find them if they're elsewhere but uh i can't guarantee at that point but so anyway we can maybe ask them systems failure stuff i have not read through it yet i just know it's a ui uh, y2k thing okay um stuff there. Oh, here we go like all good zombie settings there's background then there's the real background this background is just the regular background i don't understand yeah. that well no i mean uh uh, the, in, in every zombie apocalypse, there's what the characters think happened. And then there's what there's, what really happened, right? Because information isn't total in a, in an apocalypse situation. You don't know exactly what started it. You have rumors and you end whatever. So there's, there's two, there's two truths to the background of a zombie movie, what the characters think and what really happened. This comment is crazy long, but I thought there was one in here that I wanted to point out to you. I'll see if I remember what it is. Okay. Minus borderline. Uh, Koof just feels something. Whatever. Okay, I thought one of these things when I read it the first time. Well, you know what? I'll let you come back to this one because it's really long. Again, not disciple. I don't have a problem with long comments. They just don't work well for this segment. You know, reading them through. So I'm going to give you a like and and a little heart there for taking the time to do that. But, uh, okay, going to assume most Palladium characters would be too OP for this setting. Now, okay, I think this is the one I thought I was thinking of. I think I responded to this too. Uh, okay, due to how insanely strong Rift, Splicers, Heroes Unlimited, etc. are. Just wanted to also say on the side, no hard feelings despite the very vehement di disagreement on some fluff and mechanics for various games. That, yeah, that's okay. cool. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That, that's why there are thousands, I mean, how many games are I have behind me? That's why there are thousands of games out there. We all like what we like. Um, so actually, able to convert these zombies into MDC creatures into a power series, but they should work in rifts. Yeah, that's why the conversion books exist, right? Yeah, that's the that's whole point. That, of the that's conversion. why. That's why it had it in there. In, in the Dead Rain book, there was a conversion to MDC. So I, I imagine it was built to work in rifts. But so there you go. There is something that I've kind of read between the lines in multiple comments here, that? and that's the fact that it seems like once people play rifts, it's hard to come back down. Like it's like they want those characters that can stand up and. Bolts all flying off of them because they got mega damage or whatever, um, or just a lot of mega damage armor that they can take the hits and they come to something that this is more deadly. It's a different style of game. Mm -hmm. And my answer to that is yes. <laughs> like, like, it just seems to be an underlying theme from some of the comments where yeah. it's like, well, I don't know how this would work with the Rifts mindset. You're right. It wouldn't work with the Rifts mindset. And to be fair, my after the bomb games don't work with a Rifts mindset. So, I mean, they're, they're different. Uh, even though the major difference is SDC versus MDC, there's a big difference. All right, I think we're getting close to the end. I remember a couple. Oops, did I like that one? At least, yes, I did. Okay, I remember there a couple of times where people talking about being turned off from games through the artwork being too upsetting. Wow, 
such as World of Darkness and other horror games. So might have comfort. Oh, is this about disclaimer or something? Oh, no, I just, I just thought the art sucked. I didn't I didn't think it was scary or mm. or off-putting or made me feel feelings other than dude, you should have hired a better guy. That Fair. that's all. That but you know, p- people people who are really like actually offended or scared of art need to stay away from me. These are weak people that I don't want to know. And they're going to cause more problems than they solve. So I want to be far away from them. Some of the best art I've ever seen in a game comes from two different sides of the coin. You remember the art from Degenesis, right? Oh, yeah. Huge. Oh, big, big fan. And uh, I mean, there are titties in that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they, they were they were purposeful. It wasn't just, you know, shock value. It was right. the reason. Yeah. It, well, it made sense for the, the cult, I think they're called. And yeah. I, I hate to say this, but I love the art or most of the art for Bessem, even though it's anime. Yeah. It's a whole different style of art. Not even my my type normally, but I thought it, some of it was so well done. Even if they look like underage girls uh okay the wave kind of reminds me of the zombie plague in death trooper where it had a quorum what where it had a quorum sense so the virus wouldn't attack the body until it had numbers to overwhelm the body and the resulting zombies wouldn't attack until they were enough to overwhelm the survivors oh so one no, zombie that, wouldn't attack right no 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 Th- this was uh the wave is when the sickness went out the plague went out everyone got sick and then started to die, but the zombies, but they didn't turn into zombies. Oh, oh, until a critical mass of people were already dead. And then they all woke up. And then the plague was over. You just had zombies now. Yay. And the only way to become a zombie now is to get killed by a zombie. I wish after the bomb would have taken this this route. Uh so it's just not okay. Uh, okay, I, I, I appreciate it, Cartes. This isn't for this show, so I'm not going to bring it up here. Um, I do sound like Piglet when I get angry. It's okay. Uh, no, there was. Oh, there was that comment about uh, somebody made a comment that I wanted to show you. Apparently, I responded to that one. I don't remember responding to it. But, uh, okay, somebody made a comment and basically said, like, oh, I thought the video was great okay these are getting two weeks ago okay we're done now uh but essentially said thought the video was great until heard the right wing commentary or so for which i'm pretty sure was rp gate it was for hyperborea so let's see if i can find hyperborea real quickly here because i wanted you to respond to this because that crap it bothers me and i know you don't like to dive into it and you don't have the same feelings now that you may have had like 15 years ago but generally speaking i fully admit that i'm a right winger now, I'm not a neocon right winger. I'm also not fully libertarian right winger. But Heathen Dog and I do not share politics. No. Okay, that's I mean, old stuff. 15 years ago, I I was I was left of center. Yeah, but they moved the center line on you. Yeah, they 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 moved the center line on me and I had to I had to, you know, I had to go away from that. Now I'm right of center. Because the center line moved. And I didn't want that to happen. It, it did not change my, my perspective, but it changed my classification. I didn't change. I was the same way. Uh, it's the same stuff. I, I have the same opinion on all of these issues, political, social, whatever. It's just now I'm right of center for having those instead of left of center. Which I guess just, technically now makes me alt-right. Damn. <laughs> no. yeah. 
yeah, so I mean, again, without getting political, because we don't we don't talk politics on this show. It's just I, I, I when I see that, it's like, oh, look at that, a couple of right wing alt right white guys, and it's like you don't have a clue because we don't talk about it. And one of the reasons we don't talk about it is because we would get into arguments over this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's just not worth it for us to, you know, we want to have a fun show and not get into arguments over that. So yes, I admit it. I'm the right winger. He is definitely I'm comparatively left the left winger. <laughs> comparatively the left winger. So uh, yeah, if you see comments like that, where people are like just a couple of right wing guys, just point out heathen dog and you talk to him on the, on the side. Don't talk to him on the stream, but talk to him on the side about politics. If he wants to talk to you about it, you can, but uh, yeah, uh, we don't just because we have some shared traditional values. And I don't mean traditional in, in the same way. Strive to be alt shift, right? <laughs> no, I'm going to be control alt delete, <laughs> but uh no, uh, um, I forgot what you said. No, no, I mean, there are some traditional things. What we both, I think, rail against, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and this will be the last thing we talk about before we, before we exit, is whether we agree or disagree on a political topic or who is voted into office, when we look at some of the changes that people are trying to say now, like how we were raised or books that we read or how things were written or so on and so forth, and you come out and say, that was all bad. No, no, it wasn't. I think that's where we agree. It's like you don't have to change things that don't have ne that aren't necessary to be changed. Yeah, I got a I got a really good example. Okay, this this happened just a couple weeks ago. I I, I downloaded some some more songs for my car, and one of them was uh, "Fat Bottom Girls" by Queen, <laughs> and it played. And my my son was in the back, and he's like, oh, "Are these bad words?" I'm like, "No, why?" And my wife was like, oh, it's because he's, he's calling girls with have, telling them they have big butts. Well, yeah, but he likes big butts. That's a compliment. Yeah, but you can't say it anymore. I can. <laughs> if I'm complimenting you, I'm going to say, damn, look at that fat butt. Well, I'm gonna, probably going to say it in a better way than that, but I'm going to think yeah. it just like that. You know, yeah. I'm going to think it just like that. And it's a compliment. You know, so yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's how, how the language has changed from then to now. It was a compliment, and now it's fat shaming. No, it's still a compliment. It's still a compliment. Sorry. And, and I'm, I'm not going to let you change language just because no. you want it to be bad today. So I will say words like Oriental. My wife is Oriental. Uh, you know, that's not a bad word just because it's I a said it. cardinal direction. It's a cardinal. Yeah, we're Occidental. Yeah. Or as my wife likes to say, accidental. Shut up. <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it... <laughs> that that's the main thing these pe these folks came in they started kicking down walls they started saying that all the games we play because we're going to take this back to a tabletop thing all, this is why we used to have the old segment too this is why i have the friday night stream uh they said that all the stuff that we did in the past was bad guy gax was a colonialist or so uh, oh, oh, whatever uh racist misogynist every istophobic term that you can put up there and no we're going to stand against that and say no outside of that we probably argue more than we agree but with the but put it down this lane here, that should tell you how wackadoodle you are if you believe in this nonsense. If that makes us right wing, well, welcome aboard, Heathen Dog. Welcome to the right wing. <laughs> so, so, do you want a words of wisdom us out of here so that we can go and I can actually get the videos done sometime today? I, I, I think the last 10 minutes have been a bunch of words of wisdom, so we're good. Okay. Well, I'd like you guys to all like, subscribe, and share. And now we got two ending announcements for you guys because a couple of people left, but they're not going to get these announcements. You guys are. Oh. Um, Actually, I have to ask you, uh, uh, I have to talk to you after the stream about one thing. Okay. Um, Veterans Day 
We're going to do the 24-hour stream Wounded Warrior Project thing again. Hopefully he helps me. If not, I'll be up for 24 hours trying to figure that out. Uh, awesome. Uh, we're going to play video games. We're going to talk about gaming topics. We're going to, you know, whatever. Uh, so Veterans Day, which is November 11th, it's going to be all the money. Don't Please don't super chat me that day. Put the money to the charity and uh, we'll have links for it and so on and so forth. So uh, that's two months from now. So time to prepare. But uh, yep. 24-hour live stream on Veterans Day, which will be great because that's going to start my two weeks off that I have so I can recover from the 24 recover hours. The 24 hours, yeah. You're going to need it. So Cool. Well, hey, appreciate that, Mike. Um, so just so you know, our Sunday live streams, we have a deep dive that we do for segment one. We usually break that up into a couple of videos. And then we have overviews that we do for segment two. And this year, I'm doing the deep dives. He's doing the overviews. We'll see. 2024 might change some things we'll up. But uh, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens there. And then we have the segment three. So uh, next week, I don't know what game he's covering next week, but I'll still be well, doing Coriolis. There is no game. Oh, that's right. Next week is Kevin Sambita and Sean Owen Robertson from Palladium Books being here. Watch him cancel at the last second. No, <laughs> like, oh, oh we didn't get the surprise out, so we can't talk about it now. But uh, yeah, so we'll be prepared. Ready. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to be straight. ready for next week just in yeah. case. He's already <laughs> ready, ready. I, yeah. I'll figure out something. But uh, the week after, if if I can get a, a good copy of uh, System Failure, I'll probably do that. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I'll see if I can help not out with the that. First time someone's asked for that. Uh, also, the reason why it's good for UK timing is when we started the show, I lived in Germany. So uh, this show That's is based it, on my old Germany time. So. Yeah, it was based on the German time. So there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we do appreciate you being here. I'm going to hit that. I want to thank you all again. Uh, this was a fun show. It went a little bit longer than I thought it was going to, but uh, I had fun. I hope Heathen Dog had fun as well. And I certainly hope that all you weirdos out there had fun. So until Friday when we have, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about Friday. So it'll be something weird. And again, next week is Kevin and Sean. So with that, hope each and every one of you have a wonderful week.